Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Fear, declare your independence. Our last days, last show we're going to be doing up in Washington State, northeastern part of the Canadian, uh, Idaho, and uh, Washington border up there on the Columbia River. We made a new friend, came and visited us here at the at the at the ranch, the farm, or whatever up here, and her, we're going to go by Sparta. Now she's a, a Royal Canadian Mounted uh, Police. And uh, she's for Canadian Police for Freedom. And what got her um, activated was, we're going to find out, you know, the why. The why. Everybody, people that have this kind of disposition of resistance to just because somebody's in a lab coat said you got to take this here vaccine and so on. And, yeah, I don't think so. And then what? Especially in Canada. And you saw what happened to the... A Canadian trucker convoy and how they just took their money and, you know, said a bunch of stuff that wasn't so. And who believes this? Where is the support for the Canadian officers that are going, I, 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 I vote no? You know, are you allowed to vote no? Do you get to vote in Canada? Do you have any rights in Canada? Is there a constitution in Canada? Is there a listed bill of rights for Canadians? You ask them, it's you know, whatever the crown says. But what happens is there are a lot of these things that we as Americans don't know. A lot of Canadians don't know. So here we have law enforcement that's been doing it for almost two decades and then came up against, are you freaking kidding me? So... She's organized. Now she's in uh, legal action with the Canadian government. So we got to be a little bit clandestine. We're not going to, you know, give out her phone number or anything. But we're going to have a nice conversation with Sparta. Now, let's go ahead and just say hello and all the things that you can say about yourself so that people know who we're talking to and your involvement in this cause. Go ahead and introduce yourself, will you, Sparta? Hello. Thank you, Ernie, for having me on the show today. Um, hello, beautiful America. I'm really glad to be here today to share my story with uh, the listeners of this podcast. And uh, yeah, it's important that we get our story out because we've been silenced up in Canada. And uh, the more we talk about it, the faster we heal. Well, what is it that we're talking about? I, I want to get, you know, this, this is my interest in why I wanted to talk to you. 
we have uh, been in opposition to government overreach on all kinds of stuff. On this show, the only purpose of government is the defense of individual rights. If it's not doing that, then why are they there? You know, and you were one of the very people that were there to defend individual rights. Or were you? I, we need to get a bead on the uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police and what that encompasses. Is that the level? Is it a federal thing? Is that the FBI? Is there a national police? Is there each one of the local polices is part of, you know, the mounted police? You know, describe your job without getting too specific. You know, I don't want to get you in trouble. But, you know, that's up to you. Whatever you say is not my fault, okay? You know, I'll ask all kinds of questions. You don't have to answer them. But the um, I need to understand the police in Canada have a boss as what? A mayor, a state, you know, a province, you know, Trudeau is your Zeke Heil leader. How does that work? Yes. So good question. So in Canada, we have the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, that is the federal police force of the country. So um, it is, yes, mandated by the federal federal government, right? But we also have provinces, right? So all the provinces um, have RCMP. Most of the rural places have RCMP as their, their main police force. But then you can also break it down certain provinces. So Ontario and Quebec, for example, have their um, provincial police forces. So in Ontario, it's the Ontario Provincial Police. And in Quebec, it's a Sûreté, Sûreté du Québec. Right, so those are provincial police forces. They're the only two provinces in the country that also have provincial police forces. Now we also have provincial. Mun- Is that like a state? Yes, it's the equivalent to the state in the in the U.S. Okay. So in in Canada, uh, so we also have municipal. So that would be your kind of um, like your city police. So we don't have uh, we have sheriffs, but they're not the same in Canada as they are in the U.S. So let me take you guys back to the, the municipal police. So municipal police forces are cities that decide to have their own police force. So there's numerous in the country. So, for example, if I just take British Columbia, where I live, um, we have, like, Nelson Police Department, Victoria. Uh, we have Vancouver Police Department. So these are, like, examples of municipal police departments, right? Well, what's the hierarchy? Let me give you an example. In America... Let's say I'm in Phoenix, okay? I got the Phoenix Police Department. They pull you over. Man, I'm going to give you a ticket. going to get something, you know, whatever they do. Then you have uh, the state police, which is like the Highway Patrol, Department of Public Safety, and different states call them whatever. So you got the state police. It's kind of under the governor. Then you have uh, uh, the local police departments. Then each county, you know, in each state has their own sheriff. The sheriff... In America, which is what we've been learning over the past 30 years, is that the sheriff is the highest ranking authority because they're elected by the people. So that's supposed to be the sheriff done said, you know, kind of thing. Well, when the federal government, the FBI or or even the prisons, you know, if you have a federal prison in a county, the highest guy is the sheriff. You know, hey, man, you're my county. You know, now, of course, they outquit it back and forth and who and whatever. And they got all this, you know, manhood measurement thing going on. But the sheriff is the highest ranking authority. If the IRS is going to come in, wrap BATF where they're supposed to, coordinate with the sheriff's department. That is the local representative of the people as far as law enforcement goes. Now, how that 
works in reality is, you know, another thing. But this is the, the concept, the idea. So you have local. Then the sheriff will kind of claim jurisdiction, you know, if they need to or they're outside of a municipality, you have the sheriff. And the feds really are a separate thing. That's when it's a federal crime. If there is something that – if they want to. I mean, you know, know how it really works. But then uh, then you got National Guard that is kind of under the, the state. But then they have an adjutant general that represents to the military, blah, 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 blah. But locally, for most people, if you're in the city limits of where you live, that's the law enforcement that you're dealing with. Then you have the sheriff's department, certainly out of the cities and the more rural areas, like a lot up here. You may have a local police, but generally the sheriff's department that you're dealing with. Then when you get the FBI involved, you, you done did something wrong. You, you you didn't use somebody's correct pronouns or something. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to come get you. And or you're, or you're a mom talking to a school board or something. I mean, you know, really they're getting out of hand. But so in Canada – when I live in, say, Vancouver, okay, is there a Vancouver local police? Yes, there is. Okay, and so, then over that, if somebody else came in and there's some guy with a shiny badge saying that, no, he's not in charge, I am, who would that be? So if it's in the municipality, the region of Vancouver, so the greater Vancouver district, then it's the Vancouver Police Department that has jurisdiction. But the RCMP is a federal police enforcement, right? Do you so equate enforce- them to, like, the FBI or their... Not really. Uh, so we have sections. So we have sections. So the RCMP is the only police force in Canada that has basically international posts uh, and and uh, an array of. It's it's probably you know if you're looking at advancing from a career perspective, the the RCMP is the way to go because you're gonna you're gonna do a lot more than just say Vancouver Police. You're gonna be stuck in Vancouver. In the RCMP, you can go anywhere in Canada, anywhere in the world, really. There's international posts, right? So the the mandate, so we have a federal section, but we also have contracts from the provincial government to the RCMP. Uh, okay. So in the rural areas, you have RCMP. They have the contract to police those rural areas, right? Uh, let's say British Columbia. I'm just going to bring you back to British because that's where I live. Uh, so we have multiple police forces, right? But RCMP are able to enforce all statutes, including federal, provincial, municipal. Really? Yes. Okay, so they're pulling out the Vancouver uh, statute book and saying you're in violation of the local whatever, and I'm RCMP. Yeah, so if if you were um, just outside of Vancouver, like, I mean, you're not going to police in Vancouver. So because that's, you know, the the jurisdiction is Vancouver police. Yeah, can yeah, you're, you're a peace officer 24-7 according to the criminal code, right? So our criminal code is basically the, the, the holy book. So are of, you armed? Yes, we're armed. Are you armed when you're not clocked in? No. You're not allowed to be? No, we're not allowed to be. What? What the hell good are you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, we're able to take our, our, our duty pistol to the range in practice. But if I had a personal pistol, right, a handgun... I'd have to abide just like all every other citizen. I'd have to transport it. I'd have to get a permit to transport it. So my, my handgun at work, right? So my, my police duty um, chunk, I should say, I can, I can take it to the, to the range at any time. Right? Oh, 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 hell. You know, bad guys are always at That's the range. Right. You know, this is amazing to me. So I, I'm, I'm sitting here at a restaurant 
bad guy comes in, wants to do harm to whatever, and I go, oh, I got a Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman right here, and you're just throwing your water glass at him? I mean... Unfortunately... That sucks. It sucks. I mean... You know, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're peace officers 24-7, and there's an argument that we should be able to carry at, you know, when we're off duty. There's an argument everybody should yeah. be able to carry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. But Canada's laws, right, we know um, they've, they've demonized uh, guns, right? And, and we know as police officers that crimes that are, cr- are caused by, that are involve firearms are never a firearm that's, in the legal, um, you know, it was a, legit firearm. Yes, so it's never a legit firearm. So when we're putting all these restrictions on Canadian citizens that you can't have this, you can't. So right now in Canada, currently, I have a, um, a, a restricted permit. Right, this is nothing to do with my service as a police officer. Uh, I have a restricted permit. I'm able to, to carry um, or go to the range and shoot. A handgun, right? Because a handgun is considered a restricted firearm in Canada. Any handgun. Is anything else re- considered restricted? Uh, so like our, the police, police, um, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I, you say a handgun. Well, what if I got an AR-15? No, AR-15s are banned in Canada. Okay, so what is allowed? A 12-gauge? Yeah, you can have shotguns. Oh, you can have well, hell, I'm free then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, you know, see this... This concept of legitimate tools is, you know, to America. Well, you know, in America, you know, a lot of states are, you know, help probably as or more restrictive. But, um, you know, Arizona, I mean, we're kind of, you know, what, you don't have your gun. What are you doing outside, boy? That's right. You know, I mean, so it's just a different mentality. And one thing I want on the jurisdictions, um, a good example is because Arizona is a border state. And you'll have these border checkpoints, which is, you know, whatever they say it is. But the um, they always have a sheriff's department there, a guy, because the border guys don't really have the jurisdiction of a lot of things. And then the sheriff, they'll contract out some deputy and he'll, you know, they'll let you through and you didn't, you know, kowtow to him enough. And all of a sudden, two miles down the road, there's somebody pulling you over, you know, because they can't, you know, that kind of thing. So they give them... Um, the federal government and the border agents don't have the jurisdiction to, like, arrest you. So they need somebody there. They contract, like you're talking about, that the municipality or the county will contract with the Royal uh, Canadian Mounted Police, and then they will um, be able to do it. But do they need that kind of jurisdiction or contract if a, a mounted policeman sees something what they can stop anybody anytime you know whatever they want to do I, I, yeah you, you can stop anytime but you know you all obviously have to make a threat assessment right i'm not you know i'm 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 not caring and then i see a, an offense am i going to go run into this offense without? no i'm talking about when you're on duty but when you're, off when you're duty, on duty it sounds like you're useless but you yes. know the- <laughs> so when you're on duty when you're on duty if you saw something like if i was just traveling through you definitely have jurisdiction, like you, you, you are able to, you know, uh, intervene and then call the authorities of that jurisdiction, right, to take over. Because it's not your file. So I may be in a in an, another RCMP district, right? That's. Um, I'll give you an example. I could be working in, um, I don't know, Burns Lake, and then I I'm traveling to outside of Vancouver. And I see something happening, and I'm in uniform. Let's say I was down there for training. 
I mean, I'm going to stop. I'm going to radio. I'm going to get the local RCMP to to attend and take over the file, right? So there's not a uh, restriction on you being a law enforcement as RCMP anywhere in Canada. I mean, you you have the authority. You flip on your lights and pull over. Yes, you you do. So but... that's a you know that's a see. I'm trying to get you know an equation to where Americans can understand the power of the Royal Royal Canadian Mounted Police because and uh, you ride horses get a horse no we they didn't don't train you on horses no, anymore they have a, the a cool musical hat, so they have the musical ride so you can actually apply to um, to partake in in you know the section of where the horses are right so you you'd ride horses and you basically do that for entertainment purposes like you know it's called the musical ride it's actually really really beautiful very orchestrated, uh, you know. The, the, the ornamentation. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so now you've horses. been an officer for how long? So I was a sheriff prior. So there's sheriffs in Canada as well. So sheriffs are provincial law enforcement. They're not necessarily police, but they every province that has sheriffs, not all provinces have sheriffs. How many but, provinces are there? Oh, you put me on the spot here. I don't know. Not 50. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's... It's, I, you know, a dozen or I, whatever. Yeah, that's right. There's a, okay. So we got, uh, you want me to name them? Well, I, you know, I just need to know, their, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. There's not like 50 states. No, no. Yeah, they're we, big we states. Dozen, I yes. mean, you got Alberta. Was it, what's Quebec in? Is that its own province? Yes, Quebec. Quebec. And so then, you, you know. BC, uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, uh, Manitoba. Um, yeah. So Ontario, Quebec, so, so EI. Single digits. I mean, it's not like That's right. you know, they're pretty big. Well, the uh, so you have a provincial level that you were a sheriff at that has like a state police that makes up like, I don't know, three Montanas or something. But anyway, so you have you know a big area that you were a sheriff in. Uh, yeah, so the they sh- call them deputies or your sheriff? Deputies, deputy? yeah, deputies. Okay. So each some provinces have chosen to get to have sheriffs and those are more like a marshal actually. So yeah. it's more like a US marshal. So they basically manage prisoners. They have uh the authority to execute warrants um th- th- but they mainly work out of the court system. So managing prisoners, transports of prisoners, jury duty, uh court, you know, court security. And in America it might be constable level they have whatever law enforcement. Yeah, so so then you were sheriff for how long? Uh, 13 years. So okay, 13 is that years? part of your 19 years? Yes, that's part I mean, of it. I mean, yeah, you, you're an officer at six or something. I mean, <laughs> you're not that old. You know, this is, I mean, you, you look like, you know, I ain't saying, you know, she looks young. Okay, let's put it that way. I can give a number, I get in trouble. Well, but, I feel like I'm 86, <laughs> so I may be in my 40s, but I'm feeling like i'm in my 80s you're in your 40s i'm in my 40s yes i was wondering man you know because 19 years damn you know you start when you're a teenager or something that's right you're looking looking good eating it organic so this is um a goal of yours or most law enforcement they they want to segue into royal canadian mountain police that's the goal well all police forces in canada are having major major recruitment issues right now and retention Right, especially after the the pandemic response, most 
really good police officers, a lot of good police officers retired and resigned from the forces. All sorts of forces, like what not kind just of percentage, RCMP. You think? I don't know. I don't have those numbers. So we we contact the union, right? Like, so our different unions, right? We have unions. As police officers, we have unions, depending if you're a VPD or or RCMP, whatever. We have a union, right? And we've asked them for those questions. Like, how how many people, um, you know, even with the vaccination statuses, we asked how many people didn't want to take the vaccine, right? Exercise their right to bodily autonomy. The majority of police officers did not want to take this experimental inoculation. I don't even want to call it a vaccine. Right? I'm so not going to get into let, the... Let me give you you know, an example. There's 100 officers that you know in your group or whatever. How many of them said no initially? And then how many were left that said no, 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 not doing it, they get fired? Unfortunately, Ernie, very few that said actually no. Right? So out of 101, three, five... Uh, yeah, maybe maybe three to five. Really, is is what I'm looking. I I don't have the statistics in front of me. Well, but I just kind of just a you know, guess, just from a your, guess, you know, your impression. And then, um, so were there any others in your group or your jurisdiction or people that you know you worked with that said no? Also, just one other person, one other guy. So we were the only two, from my knowledge. Yeah, that said no. We're not taking this. There was other members that were saying, I don't want to take it. But at the end of the day, they had to take it in order to keep employed. So, Okay. When we come back, we're going to get into it. You know, we wanted to make sure you kind of got who we're talking to, you know, the jurisdiction, what level they are, how law enforcement is done in Canada. And I want to just kind of get an idea of, you know, how it's structured. Who are your superiors? We'll get more into that when we get back. You know, what's the chain of command? How, you know, who's in charge? What is it? Trudeau appointed this guy that's in charge of this guy, this guy. You want to see where it comes from. And, uh, you know, Sparta's going to express herself as we get further when we come right back. It's so easy, it's a sin. You're going to want to jump right in. You can always depend on propaganda. Life is so hard, so confusing Everyone's just trying to make ends meet You can brighten up their day, keep the facts out of their way Just simplify the complex, repeat, repeat, repeat Propagandy, propagandy If you need to change a subject, it's a dandy If you want to wag the dog, it's like falling off a log It's so easy Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. 
Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Welcome back, welcome back to Declare Your Independence. Me, Ernest Hancock, here on the Free Talk Live Network. We have Sparta, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, that is, um, you know, said no. You know, you, you got to take this, you know, this here notion and potion from the crown. I, I vote no on that. You know, oh, the crown wants to give me a notion and potion injected into my flesh, and eh, I think I'll decline. Nope, you're not allowed. Not allowed, not allowed, not allowed. Well, uh, I say, I am. What are you going to do? Well, what they do, Sparta? They said, you know, how long were they sitting there, you know, tapping their foot with a clipboard saying you had to before finally you're, you know, let go? So... November, I think the mandates came in to play November 15th, 2021. Oh, right? it went that long. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so they said every, every police officer has to be vaccinated. Now, some, some police forces decided not to go ahead with this because... Hey, before you get to the mandate, when did they start encouraging, allowing, wanting you to do it? I mean, this started in early Spring. 2020. So when did they, okay, we got it. Everybody should do it. You should. It's friendly advice from the crown. You know, the friendly advice went how long before it wasn't so friendly anymore. Yeah, so the pandemic was declared March of 2020, right? That's when all the lockdowns happened right. everywhere, right? So we're watching the death tolls rising, rising. Waiting for right? the body bags to the pile body up bag, like exactly. So um, I, I worked the front lines during that time. And, and I have to say that... Front line of what? The front lines, like, you know, policing. So I was in the front lines of whatever was happening. So we had barely any calls. There was nothing going on. Like, literally, I was driving around, like, trying to find something to do. There was... Because everyone, everything was on a lockdown. So yeah. there was really no crime. Nothing was happening. Nobody was coming out of their homes. April... Of 2020, 20. we were bringing the bus back. We were building it out and everything. We were getting ready to hit the road. And we went from Maine to Arizona, and it was 18-wheelers and us. It was like a dystopian sci-fi movie. Absolutely. It was weird. I know. There was nobody on nothing. And when we did get stopped one time. And, uh, oh, your registration on the paper. We go COVID. They didn't go. He goes, okay. You know. Everything was COVID delayed, you know, so it's COVID. was COVID. So during that time, it didn't start opening up until, I guess, later that summer. I don't know. We weren't really paying attention, you know, until we hit the road in May. And it still was, I mean, you're going through rush hour traffic. There's no rush hour. It was amazing. 
So in Canada, you had the same experience until when? When did it start opening up and when did they start doing the mandate? I kind of get a timeline, yes. walk us through your experience. Yeah, so every province had its own, because they, they have their own jurisdiction, right? So the federal government mandates something, but the provinces kind of decide for themselves to some extent, right? So British Columbia was actually pretty good during the beginning of all this, right? We have... Our health official, uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, I don't know if she's a, an actual real doctor, but sometimes we wonder. Dr. Bonnie Henry, she was really calm throughout the whole pandemic, right? She was, you know, at the beginning, she was really encouraging people to to be mindful and thoughtful of others, right? Social distancing, the mask thing. She had not actually even made a mask mandate. So at the beginning, it was kind of like very... Um, you know, even with us, it was a an unfolding event, unprecedented. We've never seen anything like that. Our police, uh, you know, our, our supervisors. Oh, if someone's not wearing a mask, once the mandates hit, the mask mandates, probably around April or May, someone doesn't want to wear a mask, you know, just deal with it. You have um, tactical communication skills. Uh, we have a use of force model that we use in all police services in Canada. That's basically... You know, communication is something that's continuous, right? Throughout the use of force model. You're not going to just go grab somebody because they don't comply to something, right? Communication and officer presence, right? So it's like basically a, a little, um, it, it, it basically dictates on how a police officer should approach a scene or whatever or, or a complaint, right? So, you know, they, they were pretty easygoing. They're like, you know, use discretion, Talk th- people through this. Support people. That's what we're supposed to do as police officers. People were afraid, right? There's this novel virus hitting the streets. You're going to die, right? right? People were terrified. Well, so it wasn't, it, you know, it, it was kind of pretty easy going. Because right? everybody so, was complying. They're like, all yeah. right, the man said, I, you know, go here, don't go there. Said, we're good. We'll wait this thing out. And then it started getting... Mandating. Well, like then the summer of 2021, so we kind of reopened things, right? BC was pretty good. They said, you know, we're going to just like use precautions. We're going to open. We're going to try to, you know, keep things going. So they had closed restaurants and bars and stuff. Yes. Were you guys enforcing that? I mean, you know, we got pastors getting arrested, gyms that won't close, and restaurants kissed by butt. You just shoot those people or what? No. <laughs> so those at that time, there was not really any enforcement. There was even, you know, this the status quo of, oh, this is a, a, a public health issue, not a police issue. We're not going to go shut down businesses. We're not going to go tell people to put on a mask. Like you basically, you keep the peace. Yeah, so but you they show did, up. though. They closed. It was more voluntary. So it was there closed. Was, there was no outliers. People closed, and the government gave them, um, you know, some financial compensation, right? So they said, please close your businesses. You're going to kill people if you keep, you know, stay open. You don't want to kill grandma. Yeah, you don't want to kill grandma. So everybody complied for most part. They were like, okay, it's just a swift, short lockdown, we thought. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna flatten, flatten the curve. curve. Right. Two weeks. Exactly. <laughs> so there really wasn't much of enforcement. Like we had I remember um you know stopping an American plates, right? Like there were um I can't remember what state it was. 
But the, a lot of people were saying they were going to Alaska. So they would come through Canada. Right? And then they weren't going to Alaska. They were hanging out. Right? So, so. we didn't really know how to deal with this. It's like, how are we going to deal with this? Right? We're told there's there, there's no travel. What are these people doing? Because they would get like a 24-hour pass to Damn go through Americans. Canada. Right? But it was pretty easy going at first. And then uh, all, you know, things changed. Things changed all of a sudden. Okay. All of a sudden it changed to what and when? So it became a little bit more tyrannical towards, you know, the the, the, the following year, right? Because in 2020, it wasn't as bad, right? So 2021 is when I started to see more of the tyrannical regime. Okay, now was it... Um there was more compliance and more insistence in Montreal. You get Toronto, you're back in, you know, the eastern uh, part of Canada. And then them damn freaking British Columbians, they're not playing. You know, we're going to have to make them. Alberta's got to come under the, you know, freaking thumb of. You know, was it that kind of thing? Because they weren't as compliant as they were back east and they're just wanting to even everybody out. They're going to enforce it. Or was there resistance across the country? Or why do you think then and what they did? What was the reasoning? You weren't afraid enough? I mean, what was behind the do- the mandates? Um, well, they, the numbers. They kept telling us that, you know, oh, the, you know, flattening the curve. This is not happening. We need to really crack down, right? So, like, people are dying. That was kind of the, the narrative that was sold to people. I, I didn't see people dying. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was on the front lines. Like I said, there was no, the hospitals were empty, completely yeah, empty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, I mean, we there had this... body bags piled up like cordwood out front or anything. No. Which they tried to give you the impression, the tents and all. And we had activists going in video, with their phones going, there's nothing going on here. What are they talking about? That's so right. the rhetoric that you were getting, the, the fear mongering, the newscast, it, it, it didn't, it didn't parallel with anything you were seeing. No, no. And in fact, so the hospital, so they were doing this at 6 p.m. every evening. There were people were banging pots and pans and had like, you know, like to, to show respect to the healthcare workers and first responders, right? So we would actually do this little convoy in our town, right? We would, we would drive around, um, you know, in front of the hospital and people, sirens, police, fire, ambulance and everybody would be like outside with pots and pans thank you very much for everything you've done well we really haven't done much right like this is the quietest policing has ever been right but anyways um so it was a fear campaign absolutely i mean it was just it's just you're not a feared enough we're gonna make you a feared we'll get you a feared somehow and the, the mandates come in and you were expected to then change police tactics was more about enforcement that's right so i think it was the summer of 2021 where the federal government started to say we're we're thinking of mandating for all federal government employees uh you because know, the because the um, shots didn't come out till like the spring of 2021 mm-hmm. right and they were encouraging and the first people that got it were first nations first nations people and the elderly Right, and then they also provided those shots, or they 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 gave us the option for first responders. They encouraged first responders 
You guys are first on the line here. Come and take this vaccine. Okay, give me your definition of encouragement. Um, do your your civil duty. It's your obligation. You know, you need to protect your citizens. The immunocompromised of the of the neighborhood. You're 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 going into people's homes. You're responding to sick people. You know, you really need to take this vaccine. You know, do your part as a citizen of Canada. Do your part. And if you're not, you're a grandma killer. Yes. But it was not mandated. Like, I had to go to the hospital for a test. And I literally got grilled by the nurse. She she was, like, in disbelief. Her jaw dropped. She says, you're, you're a police officer. You're a first responder. And you're not vaccinated? I said to her, no, I'm not vaccinated. And I'm, I'm not taking this. Is, this is brand new. Like, I just at least want an opportunity to... To kind yeah, of assess you, you this. Yeah. Like, I want to assess this. I'm not taking this right now. It's experimental. It's not experimental, right? We're going on around yeah, in circles. BS, yeah. And it's like, well, the technology alone, mRNA, right? I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not here to, to speak on how, how it works. I just know it's brand new technology. So right there, there should, of course, there's going to be hesitancy. And we need to... Okay, Respect so that. how long were you encouraged heavily, you know, to take the vaccine? This is encouragement goes how long until mandate? So that was spring of 2021. And then by the summer of 2021, it's now getting, so we're, a few we're cracking down. Yes, cracking down. So the, the, the whole vaccine campaign, right? They have people dancing on the streets, uh, you know, healthcare workers making videos, we got it all over every newscast, channel, TV. I mean, the amount of vaccines and arms that I and I don't watch news. I don't watch mainstream media, right? But once in a while, you gotta you gotta know your enemy, so you gotta turn the TV on just to see what they're what they're telling people, so that you can counter it. So when you're talking to people who are really brainwashed, because that's all they watch is CBC, which is, I guess it's maybe the PBS equivalent of CNN, possibly. I don't know. BBC. Yeah, so it's uh, the, the Canadian BS Corporation, right? All right, Canadian yeah. Broadcast Network. Or That's something. right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so this is um, turning into Yagata, and there was somebody got a memo from somebody somewhere, and that's why I wanted to get the you know the hierarchy of law enforcement there. So it came from what the Parliament Trudeau just didn't equivalent of executive order decree of I am the king or something and said, now you got to. And I remember him saying some nasty stuff. You showed me a video I want to mention of the Canadian police with speakers going down the street, you know, you know, curfews in effect, getting your, getting your homes and 10 to six and we'll kick your ass if you don't kind of whatever Uh, them going up and down the street Law enforcement uh, in cars on bicycles—they're they're sweeping the streets. Yes. So people are taking videotapes of this. What the crap was this? China, you know? So it it really and in China they had speakers on drones. I mean they're like chasing people. Hey, get your ass in, you know that kind of deal. Then they weld the door. I mean this is it got really and then they got their these like FEMA camps or these camp camps or COVID camps or whatever the heck was, was there any of that going on in Canada? There was. Um, so Quebec was the province that chose to really execute this whole uh, police state 
So, you know, it, it no longer was the Canada that I was born in, right? It, it was like, I was actually born in Montreal. So my family sending me videos, they're saying, this is what's happening right now in Quebec. That We didn't see that wow. in BC, but in Quebec, full on curfews, people were beaten on the streets. If they didn't comply, they were getting arrested under the quarantine act for disobeying a, a quarantine act. But the thing is, the whole thing is unconstitutional because... We, 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 you can't, the, the government has failed to demonstrably justify this pandemic, right? So numbers were fudged. We know that now. They lied. <gasps> you don't you say. Know. Okay, we'll get right? into, so, you know, they were constitution and all that because they don't care. I mean, that, we, we kind of figured that out. But the, Yeah, so oh, let's talk about the hierarchy of the of the police services. So if we take the RCMP, right? So we have the head of the RCMP, the commission, could the commissioner. She like they're the boss of all. Okay, it's of like the, our equivalent of FBI director or something like that. Is it a cabinet position? Is it appointed by? Trudeau? So it's appointed. So it's appointed uh, okay. by the federal government. So the federal government, whoever's in power, appoints this commissioner. So in in our case, Trudeau's it's Brenda. Office, yes. Okay. So it's so Trudeau, Trudeau appointed Brenda Lucky, and actually she's the first woman commissioner of the RCMP. Well, hell, whatever she says, then is okay. So, believe it or not, misogynist, you're not listening to the woman telling you to get masked and vaccined up. You know what kind of bigot are you? Blah 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 blah. See that they play this game, okay? So the first woman commissioner in charge, Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Good person, bad person, what? So, well, she didn't stand with the people. Didn't stand with the members, right? And so there's a lot of disappointment there. I don't know if she's a bad person, and you know, I, and I know she's got good because I have met her. Just doing my job. Um, but that's the thing. Who knows what kind of blackmail or what kind of coercion she was put under, right? I, I don't know. I, I can't speak for that. But I'll tell you what. I met Mrs. Lucky, and I was in a training training situation, and I had a cross because I am a Christian. Okay, I'm a Christian. I had a cross. I was not allowed to have this cross in the training facility. Was it a necklace or something? No, it was just an actual crucifix, and I had put it in my room. And I was told, you can't have this cross in your room. It's a very paramilitary organization. And I said, why? You're, you're breaching my charter rights. So the charter rights and freedoms that, you know, it, it, it ensures that every citizen in Canada has uh, the right to to a belief, you know, to their religious beliefs, right? I mean, Canada was founded on Christianity. What's the problem here? The RCMP was founded on Christianity, right? Christian beliefs. So I actually went to her. Like, I went to the, the chaplain at the training facility and said, hey, they won't let me wear my cross. Why was he even there? Because it's a, it's a cultural thing, right? So it's a historical thing. So we have well, a church. It seems like they're eating at the edge of your culture there. Well, that's you know? right. So the chaplain was ready to resign. Like the guy's been there for, you know, 20-something years. And he said, over my dead body, he said, you're going to have this cross. So we brought Brenda Lucky, who was the, the head of the training facility at the time. And she said, absolutely, you can have your cross. And she's like, thank you for standing up for your rights. So... You know, this is a lot of members don't know that, you know, I mean, this was a personal involvement. When you say members, her. citizens, members of the Royal 
Royal Canadian Mounted okay. Police. We call so them members. 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 They're member. They're member of the member club. Member or something. That's member. right. RCMP okay. members. So the um, uh, rights you keep talking about, Canadian rights, are spelled out rights. You know, we talk about individual rights. I get to keep breathing in and out and, you know, and, you know like uh, stuff I make is mine and, you know, somebody tries to stop me from breathing in and out. I get to defend against that. I mean, kind of, you know, some real basic fundamental. And then we got the Bill of Rights, the thou shalt not a government kind of thing. Yes. Um, let's talk about the Canadian rights. You know, where did that come from? What does that mean? And are they able to be used in defense in court? Is this a, a thing? Because I'm not getting that impression. They don't want to give that impression. Trudeau is like, I tell you what your rights are. You have the right to do what I tell you. You know, so uh, describe that for us, that this rights that you were keen to, but it doesn't seem like anybody else was. You're the only one saying no based on this. Talk about the rights in Canada. What does that mean? Where do you even find that? Can I look it up? Yes, you can look it up. And, you know, they they're actually on the Canadian, uh, the Canadian federal government, the federal government website. It said, you know, vaccination, like they had actually posted that vac- forced vaccination is illegal in Canada, right? We, we can't force vaccinate people. Okay, whoa, whoa, right? whoa. Where does it say that? Well, they've removed it since then. Uh, okay, uh, so okay, the, okay. So we have the Canadian Bill of Rights, and most people don't even know about that, right? So the Canadian Bill of Rights that was They're established in 1960. No, they don't teach any of that stuff right now. Really? Even in policing, right? So in your police sciences, every police academy has police sciences right like you, you you talk about your 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 authorities your your jurisdiction like how how does a police officer get to arrest like your you know the charter of rights and freedoms right that senior uh, trudeau actually signed into with the queen in the 80s right the charter of rights and freedoms and this is this is the ironic thing the charter of rights and freedoms ensures all canadian these rights right so free speech, like we'll call it the freedom of expression, r- religious belief, uh, right to mobility, right? You're, 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 you can move freely from one province to the other without hindrance, right? I don't know. It sounds like you're taking a meat axe to it. You, you're, you have the right to, um, uh, to be free from unlawful search and seizure, right? So we, as police officers, we have to know this, right? When someone's arrested... You give them, you, you, you provide them their section 10A, 10B. So, sir, you're under arrest for assault, whatever. You have the right to instruct counsel in private. So it's kind of Miranda, right? right? Exactly, kind of yeah. yeah. So if, if an officer fails to do that, they may have even seen the offense being committed with their own eyes, a murder even. And I'm, I'm saying murder is the highest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, crime. So, no, it's not. Noncompliance is. You uh, murdered grandma. Okay, I want to get into this rights thing. We're running up against a break here, and it's a good place to to pause. When we come back, I want to you know start right in with these rights that Canadians don't even know about. I you know Canadians have a Bill of Rights. You got a right charter thing. Rights of when did that happen? We want to find out when we come back. You're going to declare your independence with Sparta, Canadian policewoman. You know for freedom. How often does that happen? Well, we're going to find out. We'll be right back.
This hour of Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Let's talk about your positive experiences using Dash. Dash has transaction fees that are less than one cent. Dash transactions are instant irreversible, and are protected from 51% attacks by its chain locks technology. Dash is the world's first decentralized autonomous organization. BitRefill allows for discounted purchases at national retailers. We want to thank Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use. Dash. The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene. You'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com. Keene is famous for its historic, publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeene.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com, where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeen.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keene. That's move.freekeen.com. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have... A difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Americans, let us make them remember. We are not But we are relatively concerned. You know, we, we, you know, there's things to be analyzing here. We're very fortunate to have Sparta. She is Royal Canadian Mountain Police that, you know, they've offered, you know, we're so sorry. You can come back now. You can come back. Yeah, what makes you think I want to? We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, too. Yeah, here's a woman that's been in law enforcement for almost two decades, what, 19 years or something? 
and um, seen it. I mean, you know, 20 years, you see stuff. I mean, you, you know what's up. And if you take it seriously and you're a person of faith and you take your you take an oath, well, I take that crap seriously. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to do my job, serve my community and uh, not be a drone. So you ask questions and they want to, the crown says, you got to take this here notion and potion that we're going to eh, make you. And she's like, nah, I think not. Well, as we go through this process, you know, she starts to think about, I have rights. And has exercised them, you know, during her career. Went all the way to the top, kind of, hey, man, I get to have my crucifix in my room. Are you freaking kidding me? So this is, it's always people of faith. The people that answer to a higher authority. That's what it, it, you can see why the targeting of God, the targeting of faith, the targeting of you think that you own yourself, or at least you're the steward of this gift of life from God. And that mindset must be under attack. It has to be because that is the biggest resistance because the state wants you to worship them as God. And when Trudeau says, uh, you got to do this about that, and you go, no, oh, man, there's the crime. You know, that's a capital offense. They lop heads off for that. Well, with the Internet and people and the cameras, and everybody's got a video in their camera, video camera. As you started to assert your rights, I would imagine you knew they were there. You're starting to study them a little bit more. You're going, all right, let me read this. I went through that in the late 80s as a young man, 28. I'm going, all right, what's this? All? I'm being lied to. There's something else going on. And you read the Declaration of Independence, Constitution and Bill of Rights, and you just go, okay, I get it. You know, that I, I think I understand. This is what they're promising. This is the American experiment. This is what they're, you know, the deal is that I got with them. And then, of course, if you don't keep up with the deal, they throw you in jail. If they don't, eh, it's Tuesday. You know, they don't care. So as you're asserting your rights, what are they? Where did this ch- charter right thing come from? When when did that happen in Canada? So that happened in, in the 80s, right? So Senior Trudeau signed into the Charter Rights and Freedoms. You so know, Trudeau's it, dad. Yes. Trudeau's dad did it. Tr- the Trudeau's son's dad. like, nah, 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 nah. Trample nah, nah. on it. Doesn't mean nothing to him. You know, my dad wrote this with the strike <laughs> of a pen. I'll just, it only applies to what, you know, how he interprets it, Junior Trito, right? Um, so, so we have yet to have any court of competent jurisdiction in Canada actually uphold this charter right now. So, but they we, have ruled on it. They, they, yes, it's 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 enacted. People have brought it up and said, "Look, you're violating my rights." And they go, yes. "Health and safety of the planet. If we get it out, and uh, you know, we're a Commonwealth of the Queen and." Privy Council of we rule you and get over it and uh, it matters not he is your king I mean you know that kind of attitude that kind of attitude yes yeah. so we've had a few tribunals like for instance the biggest one so far is the Canadian Armed Forces one uh, where somebody was terminated for refusing to take a vaccine or the COVID vaccine I should say and um, they it, it it was ruled that they their charter rights of freedoms were violated. And that, you know, you have the right to your bodily autonomy, right? So so they did support it. Yes, and it was in a, in a tribunal, like an arbitration through their, you know, the process of the Canadian Armed Forces, but not in a court. So we've yet to see any court rulings. So there's still a lot going on. There's a Aren't federal you in lawsuit. A case? Yes, I'm in a, you know, so there's many members that are involved in this federal lawsuit, like a big federal lawsuit. 
and then there's other ones happening right now as we're as I speak. Like there's 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 filings going to be happening. There's things that have fought that have been filed in court. So um, you know we talk about the union too. The union never represented these these members, right? We went through that right. in Arizona too. Like at the end of the day. You know, even if they tell us it's a small percentage, this is what the union told us, right? There's a small percentage of officers that don't want to take this vaccine. It's like, no, it was the majority. They were coerced. Coercion is a criminal offense. You know, I can't tell somebody, you better, you're going to do this or else, right? Make them say it. Right. Make them make you. And people, you know, they, they got this great back pay. Right. So there was a pay increase just recently, just before all this COVID stuff happened. You know, um, they gave you like a, a big back pay. Right. Back so, pay. Yeah. So so like the union argued from like 2017, whatever. Um, so. To, oh, to have, so not only we want the increase, you want it retroactive. Retroactive. That's what I mean. So you got a big bonus. So everybody got this big bonus. Of course they So did. everyone went out and bought. You know, brand new trucks, big mortgages, houses, oh whatever, goodness. right? And then, boom, COVID hits. You want the, You want to keep this? Well, you got to take this experimental job. It's like it was on purpose. I don't know. Just, you okay. Know. So, so what critical. was your bonus? I mean, you get, you know, retro, that's like a chunk of money. It was. It was a chunk of money. Well, give me a chunk number. Right. Average people, they got, what, $30,000? Sure. 30 or more. Oh, right? my God. Goodness. So so what are you going to do? Everybody rushed out and bought all this stuff. And then it's like, well, I can't lose this, right? They had pressures from their families, whether they're their spouse, right? You got three kids at home. Okay, that went to how many? All the Royal Mounted, the local provincial, all federal employees? Who, so, who was getting this large S? So the RCMP, right? Because they we actually were one of the lowest paying because we, we hadn't had an, a pay increase in a long time. So the union did challenge this and say, well, we want it at par with some of this municipal forces. The municipal forces actually had uh, a significant better salary than the RCMP. So now we're at par with all the other. Yeah, but this retroactive thing—that is—that's amazing. That's a chunk. That's like bribery. It's like yeah. So it was before COVID, right? Everybody got yeah, but comfortable. You got used to it. Yes, you got used to it, and and that's the sad thing. And so when we decided to form these support groups, I'm going to call them support groups, right? Police for Freedom, Mounties for Freedom. Members were really hurting, right? The the public was hurting, but also our own, you know, you say back the blue, right? I got your six. We're supposed to have each other's six. No matter what happens, I'll take a bullet for my partner. Like literally, I will take a bullet for my partner. Yeah, right? but you wouldn't take a vaccine shot, you wimp. You're, yeah. not do, you're not doing it right. Yeah, well, they, you know, where were they backing the blue for, the, for their colleagues that decided they weren't going to take this, right? To exercise their right to bodily autonomy. Okay, right? let's so, talk about that. Was there any support from the people that complied? I mean, were they happy that you were doing this or you just made them feel bad and they, you know, excommunicated you from the Christmas list? I mean, how was uh, so, the response? Yeah, in my personal, my personal situation, because I don't know everybody else's situation, but I, I was basically shunned from society. I, like, my colleagues drove right past me and never even said hi to me. I had one girl that was really in my office, right? She was fairly new, recruit, didn't want to take this. I tried to reach out to her. She didn't even respond. And then the, 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 the guy that, um, another Christian fellow that chose not to take the vaccine as well, 
he said she doesn't want to part. Don't don't contact her. She's she doesn't want to be guilty by association because you've been speaking out, you've been questioning the narrative, and everybody was like, "Hush, hush, right? We're not going to say anything. Just do do your job, comply with the orders. You don't want to lose this job." And everybody, even my family, are you crazy? Just go take the shot. You're going to lose your job. And I said, "No, I'm." Okay, we're gonna I'm, we're gonna start in the next segment. All the whys. Why were you like this? Why are you uh, set yourself apart from everybody else? Why did you not comply? You know, why? Why, 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 why? What happened? What kind of person were you? What you growing up? You know, was a grandma said something at eight years old of whatever. We're going to find out. But the uh, response, of course, was, no, I'm not. I'm really not. They're going, yeah, but if you don't, we're going to do it. Yeah, I, I know. No, we really, really are, and I really, really know. And then, you know, what happens? So how did the end come? You know, what was it that they they go, look, it's I'm standing here with a syringe. You're either going out the door and, you know, we're going to kick you in the butt as you go, or you're taking the shot. How did that happen? What was the final uh, decision? How did that come about? So, so yeah, so the Treasury Board uh, basically, so the, you know, the, the, the federal government made the mandates, right, for all federal employees, and right? And this was so they, at the, in the summer or in the 21. 21. Okay. So then they said by November, you have to take the shot or you, you lose tick, your tick, pay. Tick, 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 right? tick, 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 tick. It's November, then what? So November. So the people that chose not to take the vaccine were put on leave without pay. So leave without pay, it's, it's called LWOP, right? Leave without pay. There's no such thing as the employer asking you to go on LWOP. LWOP is something you request. There's nothing in our contract that would say the employer has the right to put you on administrative leave for, for what reason, right? So you can request an LWOP, but it's not the other way around. But they, they created, they, they made stuff up <gasps> as we went, right? No. We're putting everybody on administrative leave so you're, you're not going to get paid. So people did not have pay for nine months. No pay, zero dollars coming in. So people sold their houses, whatever. People got other jobs. You weren't even supposed to even get another job because you're technically still employed by the RCMP, right? So this is where it gets really messed up. You can't collect employment insurance, it's called, EI, where you've paid into. Your paycheck right. as a police officer, there's a percentage of the goals, taxes that goes to the employment insurance. So you're entitled to that because you work for it. In America, called unemployment insurance or whatever. So people try to collect employment insurance, and uh, the federal government had also implemented that, no, you cannot get EI. If you lose your pay, and EI is not a lot of money, right? It's like this basic, I think it's... They're just uh, starving, yeah. Base, yeah. Now, and you, and once you, you had done that, uh, if you would have agreed to take the vaccine, would you have been reinstated? Yes. That was the deal. Yeah, you're be, you'd be reinstated. And uh, there was... The thing is, it wasn't across the board. So you had some small offices, let's say northern, you know, northwest territories or something, or they got two officers. And if one person decided they weren't going to take the vaccine, well, they can't lose 50% of their staff. Or if, let's say, both of them said they weren't going to. So we heard there's people working. So it wasn't like this everywhere. Some people, oh, we're given exemptions, right? Or... uh yeah, we can't lose these members because that's all we have. But in the bigger centers... The discretion became... of the crown. And then religious exemptions were denied. And we asked, well, how? what's the criteria for religious exemption? 
right? We know that these these vaccines have aborted fetal cell lines in them, right? We know H-E-K. Like, it's not a conspiracy. You can look this up. You can look it up on... Yeah, no, that's common right? knowledge so, here in the U.S. And, and I'm not saying they're aborting a baby today to make this vaccine. It's from the 60s. It's a, a cell line that they keep re- reproducing. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not a, f- a scientist, but... Some people said, well, I can't take this vaccine because it's against my religion because it has aborted fetal cell lines in it, right? But if we didn't have that one, then you would, right? You know, we went through that. Yeah, so they created this other one. That There was another one apparently that was like the organic, like they called it organic, and it was vegan. It was <laughs> vegan, right? So it got to appeal to all. We got a vegan vegan, vaccine. Yeah, vegan vaccine. So regardless, if you say you don't want to take something, no one can force you, right? That's your fundamental right. Like you're free. Okay, now this was something that we got from them. Um, Trudeau now will come out and say, we never forced you. We didn't put a boot on the back of your neck and a guy in camo forced notions and potions from the crown in your flesh. You know, we didn't do that. So we didn't force you. So you don't get to have any – This when it came up, and we knew this kind of thing would happen, it started in France, and then it, uh, we've had cases here in America. Because it was an experimental drug and you weren't forced, you don't get your insurance death benefits. You know, you did, you know, in violation of uh, stroke dash, didn't you totally read your total agree agreement, you know? And uh, boom, you don't get any death benefits because this thing killed you. And uh, so I'm, damn, you know, so you don't want to say that the vaccine killed you. You don't get death benefit. No, I died from a, a, a hangnail infection. I mean, you know, this is, it's so crazy and it just keeps coming out as crazier and crazier. Did you ever have anybody in the police force that would go, ah, I wish I didn't take it. You were right. You know, I'm so sorry. They're all want to you know, be your friend now. There's more and more people that are, yeah, that regret, right? Regret taking this and they wish they had to take in a stand. Um, we do have some vaccine injured police officers now. Um, you know, some people with myocarditis and some heart issues, blood clots, some completely deny that it's from the vaccine. Like they're just still still not saying like this is police officers, critical thinkers, investigators, right? We are investigators connect the dots, but they don't want even because it's it's hard to say, oh, I was duped. Right. It's an ego thing. Right. And I get it. It's I feel really bad for my colleagues because even though we tried to warn them, some people really believed that this was the answer to the end, end of the end of the end the pandemic, right? They were like, okay, I just want to end this. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to comply because I can't listen to this bullshit, this BS anymore, right? I'm done. I'm just going to comply. I want the pandemic over. Trudeau, he says he didn't force anybody today. But what did he say? You know, small fringe minority group with unacceptable views coming to Ottawa when the truckers. But, you know, I tell my colleagues every day, I'm like, it should have not been the truckers. It should have been the police. We could have ended this right away. If if the police service, all police officers walked out of the job and said, we're not going to, you know, we're not bound to tyranny. We're not going to bash Canadian citizens' heads in because they, they're not complying to this, these unconstitutional mandates. No. If we all said no, it would have collapsed. 
there would be no way they could have enforced any of this. How did they enforce it? You know, I mean, of course they got the mounted police to enforce it, but they had to know that they were going to. Well, we give them, you know, a big pay raise. We give them some retroactive pay raise for years of chunk of go buy your F-350, okay? We um, uh, threaten them with death, dying, and destruction, and if that doesn't work, uh, we threaten their job. We're, I mean, so you got to think that what they learned from all this metadata with social media and the, the they got control of the media and the broadcasting of fear and damnation if you don't and you hate grandma. Do you think that they knew they were going to get the compliance that they did or they waited or – or did they get more resistance than they thought they would? Uh, the When the trucker convoy started, did that surprise them? Were they like, whoa, man, we didn't anticipate that? They were totally surprised, and they were not equipped and prepared to deal with. If this, if these trucker, it wasn't just truckers, this freedom movement, right? Mm-hmm. If anyone decided to become violent, which they never did, there would be no way the police could have... They'd have to bring the military in. There's no way they could have handled the situation. And everybody was peaceful. Everybody was, you know, there was like the biggest display of love and unity this country has ever seen. Ever seen. Like, I've never seen anything like that. And I wasn't in Ottawa personally, but I have colleagues, other Mounties, other police officers that went down there. And they were in the convoy. They said that it was the most amazing thing. Homeless people were fed daily. They were given a purpose. They were coming and helping out at the, you know, the, the amount of food, free food that was given there. There was like the Sikh community there as well. There was, you know, Christian groups. There was Muslim people. Like it wasn't just white Christians. You know, the, the media wants to say these white supremacists, Nazis. Nazis, right? Well, they went after everything. We got license plate of that truck, what company of whatever, and they did donations and crowdsource funding, and it's not yours anymore. It's ours now, and, you know, blah, blah. I mean, they they dem- they pulled out all the arrows in their quiver. And was there um, a surprise at how extensive they were? I mean, did this, did this educate the resistance on that, well, gosh darn it, they're so powerful, we're not – or, wow, they went there as the resistance solidified into more, you know, uh, resistance? Or, or what do you think? I think it it really, um, it has woken people up, right? Like, for, for people now to see the draconian measures implied by the Canadian government, right? Seizing your bank account, singing, seizing a single mom's bank account. She can't even buy formula or diapers, because she donated to a trucker convoy that she, you know, believed in freedom. That was the message they wanted to send, was it not? Oh, boy. And the banks complied. And so... And that's like, the message they wanted to send, was it not? Yeah. So it's the emergency use authorized... Or sorry, not the emergency. The emergency act. The emergency war measures act was what it was previously called, right? That's what they... That's what Trudeau invoked on the on peaceful, loving Canadian citizens. I got these war powers. We're at war with the virus, and gosh darn it, here we go. Yeah, because it's... Because I can. You know, yeah, it's for the greater good of society. Like, in, in his mind, or, you know, his approach to this was, we're cracking down. You have the right to protest, but as long as those protests don't demand change, well, then what's a protest, right? This hey, is what during he the says. middle of all this, wasn't there a vote of no confidence, you know, brought up, or... 
or there was some vote upon they could have voted out Trudeau or did something and they didn't. They didn't. Okay, well, what we're going to find out what that is when we come back in just a little bit. You can see we're, we're learning something. I, I, I still got to get to the whys. We're going to get to the whys. But we'll, when we come back, we'll get to the um, Trudeau actions and the impact it had on the Canadian people. Because we've done a lot of interviews and talked to people that we know in Canada and, you know, economic guys and activists and so on. And it's just it's hard to get a bead on how it changed society there, how it bifurcated, you know, who's on what side, because that which can't continue and this kind of crap just can't, you know, it won't. But is it going to get really messy first before it gets better? Are we past the mess? Are we doing, I don't know, Sparta's not having it. So we're going to find out. You stay right there. We'll be right back with Sparta. More Canadian Police for Freedom in just a little bit. Freedom's the answer. What's the question? You're listening to Ernest Hancock. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock on Free Talk Live Network. We're talking to Royal Canadian Mounted Policewoman Sparta. And she'll, she'll, I'm sure there weren't enough of you that said no that they don't know who you are if they really want to. So FYI, you're surveilled. I just, I don't know what you can or can't say, but it's not going to be a secret. I'm wondering, the trucker convoy, the resistance that, uh, however large it is, but they're taking it all the way to the court, you know, make them say it. You know, they, what are they going to say? Don't care. Make them say it. Whatever they, just make them say it. You know, I, I, I need to know where, you know, what they support and what they don't. And you're going through that process. Trudeau definitely outed this list of people that are the non-compliers. Are they going to be targeted? Your social credit score, you got a zero. You're in the minus category. I mean, is there something, is there repercussions that have yet to be realized? Or are they starting to come back? Because they made an offer for you to come back. They'll tell us about that. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball of, you know, what's going to happen in Canada. But I do know that more and more people are waking up. And, you know, we have colleagues and and you know, people telling us that if there's another round of this, that they're not going to comply. So I don't know. I really don't know what would happen. I just, we have to continue to encourage people. We have to continue to be the voice for those people who are, don't have the courage to speak out. And, you know, what do we tell pe- little kids, right, from elementary school, kindergarten? There's a bully. We stand up against the bully, right? So I see... They're not a bully. They're big brother. <laughs> Yeah. We're your brother. Right? We tell people they have to stand against the bully, right? So, you know, it starts with one person standing against the bully, and then it becomes, you know, more and more people stand against that, that bully. Yeah, it's always the person on the tip of the spear, the Spartan, you know, thrusting. It's- yeah, and, and so my upbringing, when I originally said my family, I'm, I'm not saying the majority of my family thinks like me. But I have a few family members that were like, what do you, you know, they, they live back east or whatever. They may be indoctrinated by the whole CBC or whatever, the, the extreme leftist agenda. I don't know. 
but they were like, I can't believe that you're not taking this. You know, it's your, your, your duty, your first responder. You really should be taking this, right? I can tell you what it is. I don't even know him, never met him. I can tell you exactly what it was. To the degree that they spend time on Facebook. It is like a direct correlation. They got the rhetoric down. You're killing grandma. You're not part of the, you're not a humanitarian. You're not, you're not, you have no compassion. You selfish, you know, blah, 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 blah. To the degree that they make these arguments and get fervent. And it's like in 1984, the movie, and they're yelling at the screen. Ah, they're doing their hate thing. It's like the NPC, they're non, you know, player characters. I mean, you know, it, it's just, they're just repeating what they've been exposed to and indoctrinated with. So I ask you this question. Those people, those family members going on, did they spend a lot of time on social media, did they? I believe so. I, I would think that that's a fair statement. So, you know, they're just, like I go back to my my ancestral roots or whatever, right? So when I say Sparta, um, I'm from a Greek Mediterranean background, right? So my parents. Why don't you just give out your name? I mean, yeah, I'm telling Sparta. you, you keep doing this. <laughs> so yeah, so so that's the thing. Like you know, we're we're very proud of the Spartans, right? The Spartans are known all over the world. Like they did it, Yes, they didn't comply, right? Molon lave, molon lave. That's you know, the Persian Empire said, "Give me your arms, right? Surrender your arms. Come and take that's them, it. exactly, if you can." Luckily, my kids think like this, especially my younger one. You know, How many children this, do you have? I got two boys. They're adults, like, you know, 27 and 23. Okay, so I, if I was to ask them why, it's because you're their mom. That's why, you know. But what was the upbringing, the influence on you to even be this way? See, that's a – because think of it. Out of 100, there's you and one other guy. So there, there's a secret sauce there somewhere. There's something that they don't want replicated, not in the school system, not in the media, not in the broadcast media, not in uh, alternative media, not big tech, not, 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 not. So this, why, whatever it is we're going to find out, is what they're trying to call from society. They need compliance. They need citizens. They need subjects. They need serfs. They need robots clones, automatons, whatever it is that the educational system was, you know, the Prussian system. I mean, it was set for that is to make good soldiers for the military, good workers for corporations, good miners for the mining. Good, good, good. You do what you're told and here we teach you to read so you can read instructions that come from the king. I mean, literally, that's what it was for. Okay. So now we have the result of decades of this, this, Marxist, socialist, whatever, collectivist, you know, could it be Statenist? I mean, you know, this is uh, uh, what I'm looking at. And then I see someone and I highlight a lot of people like you. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I'm going, okay, what's the why? Why are you like this? Where did that come from? It's probably my faith in Christ. And, and you know, I see that a very common denominator out there. And I'm not saying that, you know, other faiths are... If you have faith in whatever that faith is, higher authority. Yeah, you you seem to be you know more of a you know combine that with critical thinking skills because seriously, like the whole thing didn't make sense. And you know, at first, when at first I could say, yeah, oh, novel virus, we don't know what this is. Let's pause for a second. Sure, I even give the benefit of the doubt to the government. Say, okay, sure. You know, now we know 
more information, whether it was planned. I don't know. I, I don't have proof. You know, I could, I, I know how. The planet went on a two-week vacation, and then they go, all right, you had your two weeks. You lying sacks of snot. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. And, and, of course, we, you know, were very questioning from the beginning. We saw this coming, you know, way years, ahead of time. Years, yeah. But, um, but two weeks, okay, you know, I give you, you know, everybody's going to give you two. I, I'm, okay. We'll just see what's up. I'm mm-hmm. busy anyway. So there's a thing, like, you know, in policing, like we're, we always talk, talk about you know in training our spidey sense right your your mm-hmm. gut instinct mm-hmm. so something just wasn't right for me right something something whether it was brought on you know it's a higher power that in, in, invoked this in me whatever it is there was something not right in my gut it's you know instinctively and so i, I tell this to my fellow you know family of the blue i said instinctively did you not know something was not right here like you you, it's not making sense right you wear a mask you don't wear a mask uh you wear one when you're going into the restaurant but when you sit down you have to take it off if this was the other thing we're trained in hazmat right or hazardous materials right so we have this training as police officers it's like if this is a deadly pathogen and it's on a mask a piece of cloth and we're constantly touching it turning putting it on and off, and we're disposing it where? In a garbage. This should have been... Incinerated. Exactly. Right? So that kind of stuff started to not make sense. So people knew, but it was like they were were attacked in the way of like not being able to provide for their families. And that was like they, you know, it goes to show that we're basically... What do you think the power was to get more compliance? Was it the... um uh, not being able to go to a concert or a restaurant or food or school, you know, or was it more financial? Hey, man, you know, I'll get my check if I whatever, or keep my job. Or so did they? Did they consciously just all right? I'm just you know wait till it blows over, and they're just trying to go along, get along that Canadian polite, compliant kind of thing going on, or were they just convinced? You know, they just believed. I believe the white lab coat and the shiny badge and the little initials after their name and the stethoscope around their neck and, you know, the fine hat and the gun. I mean, you know, the, um, is it they delegated their thinking to somebody else or they believed or they were just trying to go along, get along? I think it's a combination of all of the above, right? Yeah, like you just, counting on them. You have people that really believe like they're like, oh well, I've had numerous vaccines in the past. What's what's another one? What's another one to add to the repertoire of million, you know, five hundred vaccines that we take these days? I well, don't know. did you take other vaccines? Are you vaccinated up on everything else? Complete. Yes. So as a child, I had vaccines. Um, I've had like hepatitis A, B, um, my last tetanus one. But you know, I was never. I, you know, people call me an anti-vaxxer, right? And I'm, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm a pro-choice, right? I'm pro-choice. But the thing is, right now, I could probably say that I'm an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, no, I'm kind of getting there, you know. I'm, going forward. I'm, and you know what? You yeah. could blame the government for that. You could blame the government for the hesitancy. Like, even if a great vaccine was to come on market, I, I do not trust it anymore because of the lies that we've been told, right? Yeah, you really... What we did is uh, immediately, because we've been talking to a lot of people, we did you know, chaga mushroom because it's anti-viral. 
we uh, really loaded up on, you know, vitamin C's and D's and kind of did whatever. And there was some other selenium, whatever the heck. You know, selenium, these guys, quercetin, yeah, you NAC. Know, you know, oh, oh, my goodness, you know, ivermectin, you know, at the feed store for horses. And they go, 1,200-pound horse you do? I go, let's see. So I only need half of that. No. <laughs> yeah, so the so either, the ivermectin. So I had COVID, and that was the other thing. I tried to, you know, tell work, well, I have natural immunity. I had COVID. I, I participated in a study with Dr. Stephen Pellick, which is, uh, he's on the Senate of the University of British Columbia, right? This is a, a professor, um, you know, he, he teaches faculty of medicine to, to um, medicine students or whatever. This guy and, and has his own lab. So he approached Bonnie Henry and said, hey, okay, We've heard, reached herd immunity. We don't need to do lockdowns anymore. We've, we have herd immunity. And he, part- he did the study and tried to present it to, to the health authorities in British Columbia, and they refused to that even acknowledge it, right? not the narrative they wanted. That's right. So where did natural immunity go, right? It's the only disease that we basically say, well, come on, natural immunity doesn't count. Well, right. they had – well, heck, they even have Fauci going on saying natural immunity is best. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. at what point do you realize yeah. this is just all BS? It, it is, yeah. And I just want to take us back to the disintegration of the thin blue line, right? That's what I keep – this is why um, – And how was it disintegrated? In what way? What do you mean? The disintegration resulted in what? So the thin blue line is, you know, the cohesion that keeps this blue family together, right? It's the – it's the it, it's uh, – A gang with this, a blue flag. this yeah this i don't know this this bond we have right because we train you know for death or grievous bodily harm situations like i mean we we got each other's backs man like you got your six and then it was like no longer that it was like blue on blue right your colleagues saying i'm not gonna work with her or him because they're unvaccinated they're the contagion i mean the, uh, the one guy in my office was literally labeled the contagion People went up to him, other officers, and told him, you are dirty because you have immunity, but you got it the dirty way instead of the vaccinated way. Dirty. Dirty. So they called him, you know, it was basically like, you know, like something out of the Nazi era, right? Oh, you dirty Jew, right? Like that's, that's kind of like... I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, the mask was kind of like the Star David thing in reverse. It was like... You know, if you don't have a mask on, you're not, I don't know, compliant enough, woke enough, uh, tolerable enough. Or, and then uh, did you guys have uh, vaccine COVID checkout forms on your phone, kind of I'm allowed to something? Was there some kind of tracking thing that you guys eventually got to? So a weird thing, like you get like this notification that you're, a vaccine is ready for you. Like we were getting things in the mail from the health authority. Like who's paying for this, right? Who's paying for this? taxpayers right i didn't i didn't say that that's okay to have so all this propaganda and and publications oh get your vaccine so there's a vaccine ready for you like i was getting text messages from interior health right like hey there's a vaccine with your name on it ready i'm not sure i want my name on it that That was another thing you find all these different batches going to different areas had different i mean it was a thing there's we were being experimented there was there was a bigger agenda something going on i just yeah yeah, you guys play that let me know how it works out you know i'm not Mm -hmm. so this has been um as you gone through this process what's your opinion of 
government in general, you know, not, not just Canadian government or the UK or the United States or Mexico or whatever. I'm just, what is your opinion? It seems like, well, what's your opinion? You know, comment on that before I say anything. My opinion on government? Like, yeah. What you- I mean, you know, they're there to, they're, 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 here they are to save the day or not. Who runs the government? Who's in control of it? The people get a say? Is it they, them, those will leave me alone? Well, what I is be- it? I believe God's in control, right? So it doesn't No, matter. you're definitely not allowed to say that. Yeah, well, I'll keep saying it till the day I die because that's, you know, that's what I, I believe that God is the, the, the supreme, uh, yeah, authority over. Well, is that their opposition? Is that what they're up against? Is it, you know, is it because it? I, I give you an example. Mickey Willis, when he did uh, Plandemic, and uh, we had him on, and he had gone through a lot of this. He's uh, atheist, freaking liberal, progressive Hollywood, you know, exposure neighbor type, and he went down this road of like, this is. I don't think it means what you think it means, you know. So he did Plandemic with Dr. Judy. Mikevitz, and then he did, um, I think, uh, Dr. Martin, and then he had the third one, which was kind of a, you know, uh, you know a uh, montage of a bunch of different things that went on. And I remember one of the things he said, he goes, you know, it was people of faith. I found that the only people I resisted, they were Christians, you know, whatever faith, you know, but it was definitely a thing of faith. And, you know, being in this country, there's probably a lot of Christians, but... You know, the Christian church, they were all Zeke high on compliance of and you got it and so on. And I interviewed, God, one of the pastors. Um, This has been uh, a big thing that before the European Parliament, the pastor that kept getting arrested, the guy that was from Poland, I think, his son... Yeah. yeah, his son gave a presentation just a few days ago, to, or not to last week or something, to European Parliament, going, what the crap, my dad, yada, 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 and they're going after the clergy and doing them mm-hmm. videos, of course, of him just saying no. And They need to make an example out of that. Are there any officers that got the same kind of an ex- example? I mean, that was pretty so, high profile. That's right. Um, so there's there are a few officers that got, um, one person got, Doc pay, right? Because he donated to the convoy. Donated. Just donated, you know. Not allowed. Not allowed. Um, a lot of officers resigned because they wanted to freak speak, speak freely. So uh, my colleague, uh, Danny Balford, hero, love the guy. Like he was on the, you know, emergency response team. So for, for the liberal government, for Trudeau, right? Basically a sniper and resigned, Who's left? Who are the people that are left? Do so they, they feel remorse? Do they feel guilty? They re- regret? Or they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm climbing up the ladder, Zeke Heil. Watch how loud I click my heels. I think they regret. But, the, the you know, like Danny Bulford would say, the line in the sand, right? Where you draw the line in the sand is different for everybody, right? So you, what are you willing to comply with? Well, we're not upholding our oath as police officers when we're, you know, cracking down on the people. Right. This is not nowhere did I sign up for this. I did not sign up to crack skulls or whatever, take grandma down because she's not wearing a mask. Right. And so that that was my approach. I, I wanted to tell you at the beginning. So when the mask mandates first had um, come into effect, you know, they told us, use your discretion, use your 
tactical communication skills, your your you know police presence to de-escalate because that's that's our goal is to de-escalate. We don't want to put hands on people, right? You can get hurt, they can get hurt, liabilities, whatever. A lot of paperwork, right? You try not to put hands on people if you don't have to, Especially right? That paperwork thing. You know, oh, paperwork kills you. Yeah, that <laughs> death by a million paper paper <laughs> cuts, right? I hate I hate paperwork. Nobody told me the reality of policing was paperwork. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, so I, I approached, I had a few calls of people that didn't want to wear masks. You know, businesses are saying you got to wear a mask. This person's going in, right? They they tried to use the analogy, no, sh- no shirt, no shoes, no service kind of thing. It's the mm-hmm. same thing with the mask, right? And then I'm like, okay. So I just took people aside. And I remember this one guy saying, I agree with you, man. Like, do you want to go to this business that is enforcing tyranny on you? Don't give them your money. It's pretty simple. Ban them. Go to somebody that doesn't enforce tyranny. And so I used that kind of... There was very few, but those are the ones that, you know, like through the whole freedom movement now, there's like more and more businesses, right? And And they lasted. They survived. That was one thing we did uh, a lot of places around the country. We always uh, patronized the ones that didn't require and uh then made a big deal that they didn't and everybody come over here you know that kind of thing the ones that shut down and and complied most of them went out of business and i think that was kind of the the point they wanted to get rid of the entrepreneur you know the self-thinking uh privately owned not a chain restaurant the local gym the retailer that sold bits and baubles out of there whatever the heck and those all went away, but the big complying, you know, the Applebee's, you know, kind of thing. And even those, you know, if we went in, a lot, a lot of times they go, eh, we don't care, you know. Cool. And, and we do it just for them to kick us out, so we just leave. You know, wife and I, we'd stop and go, we'd go in there, and they'd let us. we go, damn it, I guess we've got to eat here, you know. So this has been, and one time in Texas, there was a um, Mexican restaurant we went to. So we just turned around, walked out. They chased us in the parking lot and brought us back. You know, wait, 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 you know, no, it's okay. It's cool. You know, you can come back. We need your money. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, a, a really good way. It's called wallet voting. I mean, you know, it's uh, I got walletvoting.com a long time ago. I can see this is where this was going. So I'm um, with you there to go ahead and support the ones that have been willing to, to buck the system. But as an officer, which one of those got targeted? You know, did, was there an effort to, oh, that pastor needs to come down. That restaurant needs to go away. That were you guys asked to, you know, show up and explain it to them? So I, I, I know of, I didn't partake in any of this stuff, so I don't know. I wasn't working at the time when the whole crackdown happened, right? So I don't really know. Um, but from businesses in the community that I resided in, they were like, consulting with me like hey what what do we do here how do we, how do we approach these officers right and i'm giving them tips i'm like you know i'm not i'm not legal counsel i'm not giving you legal advice but common sense right just um these are unconstitutional mandates just keep fighting them right these tickets are going to all be thrown out most of them have been thrown out anyways now there are people that challenge these tickets there's no way that the system could Corrupt even entertain exactly 
So there was one business in particular, like, you know, they, they did try to make an example of her. So the, the ones that really stood out and were very vocal from the beginning, it seems like, okay, well, we need to set a precedent, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to tackle these people become before they become a pro- problem and, and uh, you know, encourage others to do the same. But if everybody, like this, I keep saying this, like with policing, everything, if everyone opened their business, what are they going to do? They're going to make an example out of a few, but you got to keep going, right? That has been, I was surprised. I was not really surprised that some people would get so at It just shows how regulated, licensed, and ingrained we are into a system that's not there to support us. Under the idea that you delegate your thinking to somebody else that's going to tell you what to do, and then here it comes, World Health Organization, the United Nations, the WHO has you know signed a treaty in, and we're going to tell you when you're going to shut down. We're the ones. It's going to be a collective response worldwide because, and I'm like, at some point, there's going to be none of your business. I know. And I'm wondering, when we come back, we'll we'll talk about Canada. Are they going to... Is there a resistance that's overlapping with the U.S. and the rest of the world? Is it is the planet in a resistant mode? I mean, you know, are they are we starting to realize it's they them those against us? You know, they're they're after us. Well, who's us? What are they after? Why? What was the motivation for this? Does the government really care about my health? Do they? Do they? Are you finding that out? We're going to find out more with Sparta when we come back on Declare Your Independence in just a little bit. William Wallace, you stand in taint of high treason. Against whom? Against your king. Have you anything to say? Never in my whole life did I swear allegiance to him. It matters not. He is your king. Confess and you may receive a quick death. Deny and you must be purified. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Let us make them remember. We are not afraid! Unafeared, 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 but do you have rights? I mean, they say you do, but the only rights you got are the ones you're able to defend. If you're not defending them, you don't got them. You know, just ask Canada. How many people had their, their, we got rights, Yeah. Were you able to do them? Well, if you're not doing them, then you don't got them. So I'm wondering, you know, what do you think the future is, Sparta? I, the Canadian government, their response, is it, 
Is there a government? Is it just a small group? Is it an ideology that's taken over? Is it just a dictator Trudeau? Is it, you know, what are you up against? What do you think that we're, the world is up against? I mean, it seems worldwide. You know, what is it we're up against? Fourth Industrial Revolution. And that's what Klaus Schwab calls it and uh, the World Economic Forum. So I think we're we're up against uh, a big beast. So... Uh, Is it a blood-dripping, fang, pointy-tail, pointy-horn beast? Nothing the Spartans can't handle, though, right? Bring it. Bring it. So everyone's got a Spartan in them, and you just got to feed that Spartan in you. You you would think. You know, there's kind of the, uh, there's two wolves in everyone. That's right. And the one that you feed Feed. the most wins kind of thing. Absolutely. And so a lot of this opposition creates more confidence, more opposition, which I think is what they know. They got to squash that bug. I'm afraid, you know, being a, you know, having some Scottish Irish descent kind of thing, they're just going to check DNA. Oh, a little too much William Wallace. Yeah, he's got some William Wallace in him. We're going to nip that in the bud. We're going we to abort that guy. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just some AI is going to take all this data that we give, all of our genetics, all of our social media, and they're just going to preemptively. And matter of fact, I think about it, that's what... Um, Captain America Winter Soldier was all about. Hydra gets this database of algorithm and they just, and these 30 million people are killed and, and we're all got compliers now, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They go, no, they wouldn't do that. That'd be wrong, you know. So it they have outed so many people. Sparta, you probably weren't on the list. Now you're on top of the list, which is a lot of times safer there. But this is, it's not like you didn't go noticed. And there are other people that have gone noticed. You know, the trucker convoy, they went after them. What happened to them? They, you know, uh, the fines against them, the bank closures against them. Is that reversed or are they still living under the pain of that? Some people are still living under the pain. Um, you know, there's, there are still people in jail. You know, we had Tamara Lich, one of the presumed organizers of the Freedom Convoy, right? She did a great podcast with Jordan Peterson, actually. Um, so I encourage everybody to go out to listen to that uh, latest one. And what's her name? Tamara Lich. So Tamara, L-I-C-H. First Nation, half First Nation. She's a Métis woman, a grandma, right? Public enemy number one is what the government tried to label her as, right? Wow. So as a police officer, we understand the catch and release program, right? So I arrest people, recidivists, constantly, you know, drug addicts, they're breaking into homes. It's a, it's a revolving door, right? Constantly of catch and release, catch and release, right? Nobody goes to jail in Canada. But they made sure these Freedom Convoy organizers went to jail, make an example of them, right? The other sad thing is like putting the, you know, uh, the administration of justice in disrepute, like by... You know, there, she had a bail hearing. Tamara Lich was arrested during the Freedom Convoy, right? For for a public mischief. Like, what kind of a charge is that? A public, and, and it wasn't even. I think it was uh, something to inciting. You know, like just these the the charges that she was facing it were just matter. like it's non-compliance. I you know I just gonna, ridiculous they charges though. You don't go to jail for something like that. People don't even <clears throat> go to jail for murder in Canada, right? Like they they if you have enough money, whatever they set a bail, a murderer gets out on bail in Canada, right? So she was denied bail, and the the justice that actually listened to her bail hearing 
was affiliated to the Liberal Party. So that that puts the administration of justice, you know, in question. It's like, okay, where what are we up against now? If we have all these liberal appointed judges, and we don't have a fair adversary uh, justice system, right? It's one sided. We need a balance, right? What conditions would it take in this environment and what you've discovered, discovered that you would come back? I mean, they've offered you to come back, haven't they? Yes, I'm do, do you have to get vaccinated to come back? No, you do not have to be vaccinated. So, go, and so that's part of all's forgiven. Come on back. We need you. It's all good. And you would go back under what conditions? I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, you know, your moral compass doesn't no longer points to this job anymore. But then you look at it the other way. You know, I'm praying right now for the answers. And it's like we need police officers that are going to stand for what's right, for what's right, what's truly right. But that be welcome. You're back, but you're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to instigate. You're not not allowed allowed to talk. So so I was actually suspended. And and this is what your listeners don't know is uh, I was actually served papers in a very, in a harsh manner. Like they, I had police officers show up at my door, right? My neighbors were all like a small community. Everybody knows this corporal that serves me, nice guy. Like we had this discussion. I'm like, you know, I was very defensive. I'm like, why are you coming to my house? Number one, you know, and I didn't know him, right? I didn't know him. So they, and they make like the new guy to do the, the dirty work, right? right? I said, where's, where's the, the, the NCO? Where's the NCO? Why isn't he doing the, the guy, you know, in charge of the, the detachment? Why isn't he, that he knows me? Why doesn't he come and face me and serve me these documents? And it's basically, you're suspended. You're suspended for speaking out. And it's like, but for what speaking out. What difference does it make? You weren't paying me. Yeah. Like, but, and then when I asked for the evidence, right? When there's allegations, you have to provide evidence. It has to have tainted your soul a little bit. I mean, you got to yeah. see it from, you know, people in the field that resist based on a principle, based on common sense, based on use some discretion. Don't be a automaton cop kind of thing. And um, we had uh, a thing that we did a lot in like the mid 2000s for at least a decade. It was called copblock.org. And it was where people that uh, set this up, a couple of activists that we worked with and sponsored and different things, they presented so much video evidence because people started having videos on their cameras when the iPhone, smartphones started coming out. And you would say, Oh, the cops are bad. They planted this. They did that. They, the things that they say, your rights don't matter. I don't care. Yada, yada, yada. And they're going, no, that would never happen. They would, that would never, that would never happen. And in cop block, it became so obvious. It was so overwhelming. The evidence that people, yes, this does happen way more regularly than people realized when it happens to you, when this mentality, this attitude, this, this disdain, you're not in their club anymore. You're a criminal, and this is how we get over it. That had to have soured something. You yeah, know? it did. Moral injury, right? It's a moral injury. And it's like you you know you did the right thing, and you're on the right side of history. So all that, that's all that matters to me. That's how I overcome You know, the feeling of uh, I, I was let down, I was abandoned, right? I really truly feel these emotions. I feel like... My family let me down. And I'm not talking my, my blood family. My blood family, I can actually go, mm, you know what? I don't choose those people. But 
the blue line. Like we choose each other. Like it's like we're, you know, and they turned, you know, we turned on each other for what? For just not, you know, not just having different views on, on this pandemic response. Right. Like it's, it's sad to see that. What do you think it is? You made him feel self-conscious, guilty, weak. I mean, you got a strong individual comes up. I wonder, being a woman, um, did that play into it at all? Did you challenge their masculinity by standing up against oppression kind of thing? Did that piss them off? Is that a little extra? I, I, I don't know. I try not to use that gender thing, man, woman thing, because not because I, I don't know what a woman is. I do know what a woman <laughs> is. But um, I believe that we're on equal playing fields. And the thing is, we give a lot of power to this whole suppression of women. And I'm actually, I really advocate on men's rights, to, to be honest with you. And the reason I say that, you might say, well, what do you mean you're advocating on men's rights? Even in the police world, I see a lot of injustices to the male yeah. right now, right? Like the whole you know, court system, civil, civil family law, right? It's just not fair, right? Because somebody is a male, right? They're, they're the, always the oppressor. Guilty, 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 guilty. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I've charged, you know, I've gone to a scene where it's like, yeah, sure. They attacked each other, a man and a woman in a couple in a domestic dispute. But it's clear to me that let's say in this situation, the woman was the aggressor. She may have been 80 pounds and he was 250. But he only takes so many frying pans to the head, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, there's this mentality even in, in, you know, police world. Oh, you know what? He can handle it. He's a big guy. He doesn't want to press charges. But if it was reversed, would you, would you say that? Would you say, oh, I wouldn't, you're supposed to, uh, you know, the legislation's pretty clear. Like, okay, you find out, you investigate. Uh, domestic violence, we don't tolerate do- domestic violence of any kind, right? Man on woman, woman on man, whatever. So find out, you're an investigator. Uh, find out the evidence, find out who, who the aggressor is and arrest him, right? So some police officers do like these dual charges where they arrest both of them, where those go nowhere. So it's basically you're just kind of going, okay, we got to separate these people. We're going to just charge them both. But you're an investigator, figure it out. You'll know, you know, guys bleeding profusely, maybe some teeth knocked out, and she's got some scratches on her, on her, you know, knuckles or something. Come on, right? And like, <coughs> figure it out. It's, well, it I'm glad you be, have that yeah. that attitude, but um, that just belies how different you are than uh, the indoctrination of a lot of people. And I keep coming back to the why. You know, why do you have this? moral sense why do you have these critical thinking skills why are did you not uh delegate your thinking to uh the higher authority of i got a shiny badge and somebody voted for me i you know there is that is a secret sauce that i'm looking for and where does it come from is it you know um you know strong parents is it read the right book you know is it uh you go to the right church i you know it is it genetic I, you see my point? You know, if you could bottle whatever it was that gave you this position, wouldn't you share that? I mean, you, know, you need to you need to have this notion and potion here, man. You know, because what the heck? Yeah, I, I just I guess I well, thank you for your, um, you know, 
for, for your great... Observing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but it's um, there's many people that have it. I think everyone has this in them. It's just like we like the First Nations um, saying, right? Which wolf are you going to feed? So you really have to feed. Like it's, it's courage is to stand up, right? Courage. Once you speak out once, you, you, you're free. You're free. It gets easier. Like it, it gets easier and then you don't have to worry about, you know, sure there will be consequences. They're going to make an example of you. But I just think about the next generations, right? Um, because I, I'm, I try to be mindful, right? Like I think about my kids, right? My kids are adults. Like if I was to have grandkids, oh yeah, we didn't, we didn't agree with what was going on, but no one did anything about it, right? So it's like, I have, you know, like... History has a slew of massacres with that attitude. Yeah, I mean, you have to... Let's talk about um, self-defense. You know, that is a unique... As we got through what happened in the Commonwealth, I mean, the Crown seems to have a, a thing. You know, Australia, New Zealand, you know, Canada, the UK, you know, certainly Europe. And I'm... um the one thing that it keeps coming up, yeah, but you guys, America, you you have a Second Amendment, you know, that you ultimately can, you know, really say no. And I wonder if it's that or it's the mental responsibility or attitude that comes with that capability. It's not like you got a bunch of anti-vaxxers, anti-government patriots out blazing away, laying waste to government. They tried to make it seem like that with this January 6th thing. They were like, oh, my goodness. And, I, you know, I went through my – I did an interview like, the, you know, some people that were there live on that day in mm-hmm. Arizona. And the FBI, eventually the DOJ subpoenaed me uh, last December. I went to Washington. But they wanted me to certify a show, just like we're doing here. They wanted me to certify so they could use it in criminal trial. And I refused to do it because I was on it. And I'm going, Fifth Amendment, I'm not doing it. No, you have to because you have to because you have to go. Well, you have to explain it to me on, on, the, on the stand. Let's do it. And then eventually they didn't call me. They just said, never mind, you can go home. And I'm like, but they, they press you right up to, I mean, it was like three court dates, hearings I had to go, bugging you for a year. I go, what part don't you guys get? I'm going all Sparta on them. You know, I'm like, this is what's going to happen. We don't got to be all, you know, mad at each other. This is what's going to happen. Let's go through the process. And it was that noncompliance just pisses them off and they'll want to get some. But fortunately, I have a voice and, you know, I can known enough that, you know, they know how I operate. But it's um, the influence hopefully you have on the next podcast or the next radio voice, the young guys coming up, got their YouTube channel. They just immediately comply or something. Cause what you're doing is you're setting a standard for your brothers and sisters in arms or, you know, the, the, the blue line. And do you think you've had an impact on there'll be more next time or they're seeing how hard it was on people such as you that did this and they're not going more likely not to comply, more likely to comply. What do you think? I want to believe that they won't comply. And I think more people are realizing, like I said, there's more and more people waking up. And we're we're strong in numbers, right? So if we just all said no, police would have shut this whole mess up. Like it would have been a no-go. So I really, you know, I, I'm concerned about the future of policing. You know, what's during covid you know, 
who was willing to become a police officer. Nobody wants to do his job anymore, right? Yeah. The job itself has, you know, they don't tell you, um, you know, the, the, the deepest, darkest secrets of police services, right? Like suicides of police officers because they're no longer a police officer. They might not be active police officers. So when they retire, a lot of police officers commit suicide, right? Because of PTSD, right? We don't, they, you know, they've, they've come a long way, like policing. Um, you know, they talk about wellness of, of before it's like PTSD. You don't talk about it, right? Like 20, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, members just, you know, suck it up, princess, just go do your job, right? And, and in your head, you know, you got demons, right? From the stuff that you've seen, right? Dead people. I mean, you see dead people on a regular basis. That's probably not really good for your head, right? So um, the job itself changes you. Like my family says, you're not the same person anymore, right? And then you had this, these last three years. It's just like, we didn't need that. We have enough to deal with as law enforcement, right? We're the first to go into something, right? We hear shots fired. People are running from shots fired. We run into it, right? And I'm not saying, oh, you know, we do everything right. We're people. We make mistakes. But it's to, to be accountable for those mistakes well, when what we make was a mistake. Your- biggest concern you know is it like um um it seems to me that the camaraderie that you thought you had you know the, the you got your membership card you know you're like you know I'm, I'm 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 in and then you weren't and that seems to have bothered you of course i've been saying i'm a i was going to be a police officer since, since i was four years old four years old and my parents said, that's all you talked about. And Do you I just, want to go back? A part of me does. A part of me wa- wants to go back and just, you know, encourage my brothers and sisters of the blue to continue to stand up. Do you think they would fire you for another reason? They'd set you up. Welcome back. You're on your way out. We're going to document yeah, you out for something they might. else now. They might, but it's like, it's a risk I have to take. Like, you know, part of me just says, like, I, I just, some days I just go, I don't even want to deal with this, right? Forget it. I'm just going to pull the plug. But then there's, there's this part of me and I feel like it's a calling, right? Like it's, there's something. You're a strong woman, me. you know, and I hate to say, you know, you know, like, a, you know, qualify that as a strong warm woman, you know, as if it's kind of like, you know. Uh, the new movie, movie lead, strong woman that can kick everybody out, bench press, Captain America, and you know, all this kind of crap that they do. But um, to have a strong human being, this is the one thing that I really emphasize a lot, is that the highest attainment in some cultures is just to be completely human, whatever their culture that means. And you would think that it would mean, you know, love, compassion, tolerance, wisdom, sense of justice, you know, to be a, a full human, a best represent, yeah, alien from Alphacin, whatever the hell comes down and, you know, it's a take me to your leader and you go, yeah, I'm it, you know, I, I rule me, you know, you my leader is me, you know, that kind of thing and have that confidence to be able to represent yourself and, and, you know, your fellow human beings and have a, a, you're confident in the stances that you take. You're confident in, you know, that you're being reasonable. And when you're up against unreasonableness, that you can challenge it. And it just seems to me that there is so many vectors in society from everywhere that are trying to beat that out. 
And what has happened is when they do that, the example such as yourself that stands up, it's an example. And it and, and you, you create martyrs. You create uh, uh, somebody who wouldn't go to the back of the bus. I mean, you create all of these these examples that people rally around. And it's it, it's like you can never squash that out, no matter how much you try. It's like we if we killed these 5,000 terrorists, domestic terrorists, then we'd all be fine. Well, all you did is piss off 50,000 more people, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just I, – I, I, when we come back, I want to, you know, the final segment, I want to get to where, what are we creating for the future? What's going to happen? You know, who's going to, who, who, who's going to inherit the earth? Who's going to inherit general public opinion? Who's going to be the heroes? Who? These men, they're not the sort we need. They're exactly the sort we need. They fought this kind of war before. Freedom's the answer. What's the question? You're listening to Ernest Hancock. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network on Genesis. What we're going to be doing in this final segment, we got a good idea of the trials and tribulations that Sparta has gone through in her experiences being a Royal Canadian Mounted Police, something she wanted to do since she first remembers when you're very, very young. I want to be a police officer. So this is... um, now we're getting into, I still want to ask and drill down a little bit on your person of faith. That has something to do with it. You were brought up. You got some Greek heritage in you. You got the Spartan history kind of, you know, indoctrinated at an earlier age, I would imagine. And I'm, um, I, I still want you to describe for the audience the character traits. And this is almost like we're training the man. You know, we're going, all right, man, you know, you, 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 Statenist, you know, listen to this. This is what you're up against. This is what you got to worry about. This is what, you know, uh, we're teaching our children. This is how we think differently. This is the book we read. This is the movie that impacted us. Can you give that these traits, what was reinforced in your home as you're growing up that, you know, you were in, brought up in Canada. You went through the Canadian education system. Then they, you know, beat politeness into your skull that you got to comply because damn it, we're Canadian. I mean, you know, what was it that you think is the one secret sauce that parents and grandparents would want to instill? Is it a piece of history? Is it a certain perspective or understanding? What do you think it is? Yeah, um, good question. So I I believe it's uh, my upbringing. So my my godmother raised me, and she was a woman of faith, of strong faith. And so she instilled, she was actually very, I'm very much like her, even though she's not my biological mom, she's my godmother, and she raised me. And so she's been a fighter her whole life. She stood up, you know, for Christianity her whole life, I, I've watched her. She was like the the head of the association of the of like the Greek Church charitable, um, a, a big heart, you know, humanitarian. 
But she also taught me to never, never bow down to anything that doesn't feel right in my heart, right? So that whether that's, you know, like, I, I guess I, I, um, I, I think it's God, my faith. That's what got, get, kept me. Well, give me an example of uh, something happened. There's an example that they, no, you don't bow, no, you stand up to the bullies, no, you do this, you yeah. do that, you do it, you get positive reinforcement back from that, they see you as an example of what, I mean, get, can you give me an example at a young age? You know, she just didn't, she wasn't afraid, like, she's like, you know, she did it diplomatically, um, she was, you know, a well-educated, well, you know, articulated woman. She and had she her just, line in the sand. Yeah. Exactly. And she just told me, you just, if it feels wrong in your heart, you need to do something about it. You don't just, because she goes, the consequences of not speaking out, it's like a cancer. It'll eat you up. So that's, uh, I've... See, it's always, you know, that's one, as I had these conversations, it always, one was really difficult. <clears throat> she's like, yeah, well, I just, I just, I just, you know, and she's probably about your age. And, um... At the end of the conversation, towards the end, she finally goes, yeah, my brother gave me these books, and it, you know, like Ayn Rand books, and I'm going, seriously, you know, <laughs> you didn't think that had an impact, you know, she's going, yeah, I think that was probably the time I'm going, oh, my goodness, you know, that, you got to draw this out, you know, try and remember a time, but now you're, uh, before we finish, I wanted to make sure we get a little bit about the organizations you're associated with. Did you start them, you know, or uh, you're a participant in Freedom for This and Police Officers of mm -hmm. and kind of what are these organizations that you belong to? Yeah, so I, I didn't start them. I just kind of like they were just kind of starting to grow and, and I, I got involved in these uh, organizations, right? So it's like basically support groups. And I wanted to mention as well here, just my lawyer probably would have wanted me to say this, that, you know, the views expressed here are solely my views and not of any police service or Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I have to just clarify. No, that. that's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, obvious, uh, but so what, what's the name of these organizations that you're associated with? Um, so I'm, I'm involved with uh, Police for Freedom. So it's an international movement that started Policias por la Veritad in Spain, where it's actually, I, I believe, I'm not sure her rank, a police officer, I believe she was a sergeant. Um, you know, they were at a protest somewhere in Spain and they were told to arrest people um, to go against the people that were protesting mandates and lockdowns. And so she said, no, I stand with the people. And basically her crew, everybody just stood together, united. She said, this is our, our oath is to uphold the Constitution, right? You're like um, to serve and protect citizens, right? So that's what she did. And she formed this, uh, this organization. And then um, I actually got involved with uh, it's a retired OPP member, Vince Gersey's. So I contacted him because OPP, I saw. What's that? Uh, sorry, Ontario Provincial Police. Right. So he's a retired investigator. He did. He was a um, a uh, collision analyst. Like he's got. He had like twenty five years or something of service in the OPP, right? So poor guy. He's been arrested several times for speaking out. You know, not complying with mandates. Uh, you know, being at places where you know um, having speeches and stuff during uh, lockdowns. So I reached out to him because I, I watched an interview on him on, on something. Uh, I don't know. It was like a mandate, a mandate protest or something. So I emailed him and he said, hey, we need people to, to, to grow our organization or whatever. Or, uh, um, 
So he said, we don't have anybody in BC. I said, okay, I'll do it. Gave you a soapbox. Boom. Yeah. How vocal so are we're you? Just, uh, not as much as I'd like to be. Well, how do you how do you express your opinion in these organizations? I mean, are you are you at the uh, uh, the soapbox downtown whenever there's an opportunity of you know doing? It? Are you a, a keyboard warrior? Are you got you know involvement in comment section of? I mean, yeah, so, how, how do you express yourself? Yeah, so I was in, uh, involved in a lot of the protests. Like, so I would go to the rallies. So I was you know kind of very active in the rallies, and then uh, you know doing zooms with people. Right. All sorts of things like we were trying to figure out how do we I contacted. So being a sheriff for 13 years, working in the court system of British Columbia, I had a lot of contacts, a lot, a lot of contacts for lawyers. So when all this, you know, hit us, I was like, OK, we're going to hit this. This is unconstitutional. We're going to take this to court. We're going to win. So I contacted every lawyer in my phone that I could think of, contacted every single person. I hadn't spoken to these people in years. Oh, so great to hear from you. Yeah, we need help. We need to like start some kind of even, a, a, you know, an injunction, something to stop this right now to put a, a like even a temporary hold, you know, because this is not safe what they're doing. They're, you know, forcing these vaccines on people. Um, people are losing their live, livelihood, all sorts of things, right? It's dividing the people. Don't ever contact me about this. So this is where it started to get really frightening. Right, Like it was like, okay, nobody wants to speak out. I contacted provincial court judges that were retired to ask them for their advice. Like somebody that I confined in, some somebody that, you know, 13 years of being a sheriff, like I drove this, this judge around, right, in circuit courts. I sat in his chambers like, Madam Sheriff, come have a coffee with me. Let's talk, right? How was your day? Like retired judge. It's like, don't do this. Just, just you know, don't worry about this. Like, this is way bigger Where than did you. the Yeah. What did they think it was? Bigger from what? What were they afraid of? What? Just fear for fear's sake because I'm supposed to be afraid? I, I'm, what were they thinking was going to happen? They said, you know, people get canceled or disappear that speak out. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, if, if it's... If I disappear, I disappear. Like you know, you can't you can't be scared of the what if, right? I just know what I have to do in my heart, in my soul. Like there's a, there's a, a like a guiding, like there's a like I said a calling. So I'm gonna do what I feel is right. I'm not hurting anybody. Is that nature or nurture? Did that come from just the way you think your personality, your brain's wired? Or was it reinforced like experiences with your grandmother or your mom or your godmother or whatever? I mean, it, it's both. Yeah, it's both. See, I'm, it's, I'm, it's got to be both. Because I've, I've, like. I've often asked this question, right? Nature or nurture for a lot of things, even like criminality and working in the court system in the jails, right? I worked in jails and prisons, right? And I'd see the odd person that I'm like, okay, I think this person's a sociopath. There's a wiring issue, right? right? Like this person, something genetically or whatever. And then most people are good people that have just chosen, you know, not the greatest path, right? But they're not bad people. They're just good people that did bad choices. You know, when I was younger, they called it a criminal mind, you know? And then you kind of get into, you know, we started... Uh, 
during the uh, 16 election cycle. I remember uh, doing shows and uh, sociopathic, uh, psychopathic behavior came in. All right, define that. I hear that all the time. What the hell does that mean? Mm -hmm. And it really comes down to they have no empathy, no conscience. They don't care. You know, I I do this because I can get away with it. You know, crime doesn't pay my butt. Watch me. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. And they don't feel any remorse. And what attracts those kinds of people? Positions of power. Politicians, mm-hmm. you know, even professions, lawyers, you know, kind of thing. I, I, I got a, you know, shiny tie and a shiny badge, and man, I'm, I'm double whip your ass, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it's I'm, I can see that you have to have the capability of compassion, and sometimes some people's it's like four percent of the population just don't, they just don't because that's the way they're wired. They don't feel that they may have repercussions. They may have had a good grandma. Don't do that. And they kind of follow the norm. But their default is not to walk in somebody else's shoes. Their default is not to see it from their point of view. Their default is not to have the interests of somebody else come before theirs on just to be polite, to you know, have mm-hmm. empathy. They just don't. Then I, when, then I question why is it then that all these people were sold the lie of taking the vaccine for grandma, right? So it's like this. Because they played on their empathy. Yeah. So mo- yeah. So most of the population you're saying is empathic. Yeah. 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 So you and, said 4%. But the sociopaths, they, didn't, they yeah. play on that. Yeah. They take advantage of that. They use that against us. We are victims of our own uh, goodness. And at some point, you have the people that just wanted to be left alone, mm-hmm. the people that do see the threat to themselves, their community, their children, their grandchildren. Then once you once they rise up, you know, once that and with people like you, that the tip of the spear that kind of breaks through that, that demonstrates it, that starts to show just how dangerous this is to their pursuit of happiness, their future. You know, being a parent, what responsibility they have to mm-hmm. humanity not to comply. Once that tipping point happens, you get American revolutions. I mean, you know, that that's, that's what happens. And it's the reason why when they started, when they did the Constitution, it was like a decade after we had the Articles of Confederations or whatever anyway. So the Declaration of Independence was really clear. Purpose of government. Defense of individual rights. Doesn't do that. It's time to alter or abolish it. You're right. Your duty. Mm-hmm. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Sign me up. They do the Constitution. How we're gonna we're gonna rule you this way. But they're still gonna rule me. You know they want to rule me. But then they go. Nah. We need this Bill of Rights thing. We need uh, the ten thou shalt not to government because yeah, we can see the power you're gonna rule. Well, you can't do this. First thing, freedom of conscience. To worship, to assemble, to petition, to, you know, redress a grievance. You know, this First Amendment speech thing and of conscience, of, you know, your own or mind. Being, yeah. And then to protect that, let me think. What's the second? Oh, yeah. The ability to say, heck no, I got this here gun. And it's mm-hmm. not the gun. It's not like a penis extension, you know. There are a lot of people that go, oh, you're just, you know, that's, it's like your penis, you know. And I'm going, no, it's not. It's a mindset of the capability to be able to resist. Wanting to resist and being capable are two different things. First, you have to have the capability. Then you make a decision right. whether you are or not. And to take away the capability 
I, that's the, that's a Vulcan mind meld into how the state sees you, you know? So when people, it's amazing, you know, there's more guns than there are people in America. It's amazing. There aren't more shootings. I mean, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. and it's, um, and it's because of the goodness and the restraint of people. And then what you find the people that are guilty of that, they got the criminal mindset. They don't have the empathy or they've been taking too many government mandated school prescribed drugs, you know? Well, that's the interesting thing. So, um, for me, um, you know, at some point they had said to me, okay, um, you know, my suspension got lifted. There was no why or anything. Uh, I wanted my, my kind of my hearing, right? I wanted, cause I, I never, did they ever ask me? Make First of all, it. I never had the evidence. So I still don't know what I did wrong, right? I still don't know. They suspended me. They said, you spoke out against the government, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, what did I do? What was wrong about it? Right? I'm exercising my, my charter rights and freedoms, freedom, freedom of expression that we, you know, it's, it's our right. Well, what's your court challenge? So, um, so there's different court challenges. So the, there, there's, there's several right now, right? So there's a, the federal lawsuit that's, you know, we're going after the, federal gov- government for the mandates, right? That they were unconstitutional, right? So um, they took away people's livelihoods, like you weren't able to travel, which is mobility rights, you know? Um, yeah, so there's there's several right now. And then unions, maybe some some uh, lawsuits are going to be towards unions, I'm not sure, right? Because the, the unions, uh, they failed their fiduciary duty to the people, right? Even if there's a, they say, small percentage of people that didn't want to take this, you should have still had a, a duty to accommodate, a duty to accommodate with something. Like, you know, I know testing is still unconstitutional, but whatever, given them some kind of exemption that they don't want to take that. Okay, fine. We're going to, if if 80% of people are vaccinated or 90% that they say, why do you care if the 10% aren't, right? But anyways, um what I wanted to say was to get back to this whole, um, if I was to go back, right? So they told me my suspension's lifted, and then they said, but you have to, you have to comply to these conditions. So I, I, I comply to what conditions? I, I haven't done anything wrong. You still haven't told me what I've done wrong. There's no evidence, and I never had my day in here. So it says on there, to come back, you've got to comply with something. Well, they, they wrote me a letter, yeah, saying basically it's a probationary. So part of that is I have to do re-education, social media retraining, all sorts of things, right? I have to probably take some course on the Freedom Convoy, you know, define what terrorist organization in Canada is, things like that. Wow. Which, again, is like you're not going to ch- change who I am, right? I, my belief system is very strong. They this need you to I, come back to get your mind right and fire you if you don't. I guess, I guess that's what it comes down to because, I mean, I don't see any other way. How do you go put somebody on a probationary conditions when they haven't been convicted of anything? Like, I haven't done anything wrong. I I truly supported the people that that what police officers are supposed to do is support people, right? See, I'm not a fan of asking the crown right and wrong. You know what I mean? They're going to say whatever it is they want it to be. And uh, I, is there a possibility you would go back or do you think, um, yeah, they'd have to have answer some questions first or 
yeah, it seems weird. I, you know, I, I, I don't know how you would go back and not be targeted or forced to comply. That's right. You know, they really want you to, because the same thing happened to my youngest daughter. Uh, she was up here busy with her family and uh, just left before you came up. And um, she worked at Honeywell Aerospace, you know, um, and they were same thing. You got to get vaccinated. Nope, nope, nope. Got word, Matt. Nope, nope, nope. And they go, well, if you don't, and we're gonna went on for God, a year. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's if you don't, we're gonna. She goes, look, my card's gonna work. You know, when I come into work on the thing, or it's not. When you guys don't want, you just let me know. You know. Well, then finally they go. All right, well, this is your last day. Okay, it took you long enough. You know, and but now she's in the middle of a lawsuit because they denied religious exemption. You know, they did all kinds of, you know, pressure and this and that, saying they're not forced. So she didn't, you know, violate it. She did her job, high end, great employee. She just wouldn't comply. So when they uh, fired her, that gave her the perfect standing for these lawsuits. She, they contacted her because, yeah, whatever, sign me up mm-hmm. and then go do your stuff. Well, that comes down now they're wanting to settle. I mean, you know, it's always they're going to settle because Honeywell's military contractor and they comply and Zeke Heil and click heels and all that stuff. So um, then it comes down, you know, well, you can come back if, you know, the same kind mm-hmm. of thing. No, you know, no, pay me, you know, this or, or not. I don't care. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And um, all my children. They they didn't. They pulled their kids out of school and they started doing the mask mandates. We homeschooled, you know, our children until they went to private school and junior senior high. We um, and I I saw this indoctrination. You know, well, what are you going to do? I don't know. They they ain't going to do it to them, whatever it is. I right. didn't watch freaking Sesame Street probably back then, not now. But anyway, so I'm I'm I we just could not comply with what they wanted for our family, for our country, for our 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 fellow Americans. I mean, you know, hell, they'll include Canada, the world. It's becoming the world. Well, th- this is the thing, right? So we talk about, like, our faith, scripture, right? So people say, oh, you're a doomsday person because you're thinking of this as, like, you know, but we have never like had an event. Into it. <laughs> but we've never had an event that's actually affected the whole globe all at once like this is you know every country is going through this it's not just you right. u.s or canada or so that's where i'm thinking this is a lot bigger than we think bigger. this is we're kind of maybe in yeah. the not i don't know about the final hour but in end times i don't know I, you know no one knows that but god but it's like now more than ever you're you have to you know establish that trust in, in, in Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, and we have to um, find that relationship with him. Find Jesus. If you don't know who Jesus is, find him. It gives you power. It gives you confidence. You know, I, you know there's... You know, courage. Eternity yeah, is courage. a long time. I mean, you want to you want to go in with as clean a slate as you can, and then, you know, be forgiven for, you know, where you where you messed up. And it's It's a conscience thing. Like if it doesn't lead to God, don't do it. That's I, I like everything I do now. I ask, does this lead to God? Uh, that's just very simple. Putting it, does it lead to God? I don't think you're going to make it as a <laughs> Royal Canadian mounted, you know. But, main, but maintain <laughs> le droit, right? Maintain order, God. Like that's it's it's pretty simple. It's right there on my epaulette, my flashes, right? Like police uniform, right? 
maintain le droit. Yeah, so and it used to say to serve and protect. They take that off now. Yeah, and well, the the crown, right? We were talking about the crown. So the crown, since the queen died, no longer has the cross. So I guess the king's crown doesn't have a cross anymore. You know, that's another thing. Just to end this, I I, I was thinking, you know, King Charles, he finally gets to be king. You know, uh, is he going to be printed on the money? You know, Good yeah, the question. queen on the money. He, he he's not rushing to get his picture on the money because there's not going to be any. <laughs> Cashless. Yeah, it's going to go oh, cashless. No. You know, I'd have my picture on it if I was going to have it. It'll be a digital. <laughs> I have my picture superimposed on your wallet, on your phone. Yeah, you know, that's that kind of thing. This has been a great interview. Thanks for sharing with us so long. I, I just, it, it's rare that you see people like you, but it's not uncommon. You know, I mean, it's not like they're not out there. There's but tons. I, but there are. But they are the threat. They're, you're inspirational. That is what they hate. More, they, who are they, you conspiracy? They, them, those. They're the ones not leaving me alone. That's who they are, you know? And it's really easy to identify bad guys. They just won't leave you alone, especially if you just want to be left alone. Well, Sparta's not going to, you know, leave them alone. So <laughs> we'll be hearing more. Stay in touch. Thank you very much for, to all your listeners, and thank you, Ernie, for having me on the show. Yeah, no, this was fun. Thank you very much. Peace, guys. God bless. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.